This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by Damon McDonald. How are you, Damon? Uh, we are well. We are uh, well underway uh, of the tag tournament, which has been uh, pretty good so far. Uh, can't complain about that. Uh, but we'll find more things to complain about because that's what we do here, Joel. We complain. Uh, but I, here's the thing. Uh, while we will do our darndest to keep it positive and uh, keep, a, keep a happy spin on things, uh, look... I can't lie. I, I am just a I am just a voice, and you are just a voice, Joel, of the discontent of many a New Japan fan right now. They're not they're not a happy bunch. Uh, but let's uh, let's do our best to keep uh, at least a positive spin as much as we can, uh, minus uh, Lanny Poffo and Kenny Mike. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you who is happy, and that's one Hiromu Takahashi, because I uh, did a bit of research and found that the happy day that he was referring to that we mentioned last week was actually his uh, 29th birthday, which will be coming up on December the 4th. So what would you buy Hiromu Takahashi for his birthday? Ah, uh, wow. Um, hmm. Probably drugs, because he, he looks like a guy that would do a lot of drugs. <laughs> just kidding, of course. I'm just kidding. Uh, I think oh. fried chicken would be a good safe bet, wouldn't it? Ah, I mean, how could you go wrong? I would love some fried chicken. Mm. Um, I would give him a case of Strong Zero, and I would give him a uh, mm, probably a new pair of Vans. He looks like a kind of guy that would would, would dig a new pair of Vans, the sneakers, that is. So uh, I would go that route. New pair of Vans and a case of Strong Zero, and I think uh, he'd be very happy with that result. I think he might like a photograph of Scampi, or maybe a video mm. of Scampi, because he, he, he likes cats, doesn't he? So I reckon Hiromu and Scampi would get on pretty well together. Wow, that's a good, that's a good, yeah, I think, honestly, I think double teaming on that one, I think uh, we, uh, I think we'd make him uh, a very happy birthday. I know there's lots of fans, lots of Hiromu fans that are probably doing some kind of art or kind of uh, fan fiction or something, but uh, yes, uh, I think the birthday would be, uh, I think it'd be a good one if we took care of that. That'd be good. All right, well, let's get stuck into business then. Uh, first thing up is, uh, in our news roundup, I saw a tweet from Mr. Lariato, who, of course, does a lot of the animated GIF files for wrestling, who said he's been told that the problem was the number of GIFs posted and finishes being given away to matches. Keep it to three mm. to four GIFs per match, no finishes, and link back to NJPW World, and there shouldn't be any further trouble. Uh, now, I did a, a bit of further digging, and... I found out that, uh, well, this was in a newspaper article in the Mainichi, the Agency for Cultural Affairs is set to ban so-called leech sites that lead internet users to websites offering bootleg materials such as manga and movies and punish their operators with prison terms. So it sounds to me like the whole country is going to be cracking down on uh, pirated material. And I noticed NJPW also went after Showbuckle, who has put up some excellent videos recapping the feuds and the stories of new japan and i know helped a lot of new fans myself included get into the product and that's kind of sad to see because obviously this is a guy who they should be hiring not um persecuting and and getting their stuff pulled off the internet so 
I was wondering if maybe that had something to do with this uh, Agency for Cultural Affairs directive or possibly even TV Asahi telling New Japan to get that kind of stuff off the internet. But uh, what do you make of all this uh, copyright business going on? Um, well, one, again, my biggest thing was, and I said it last week, was that, hey, you know, nobody's nobody's giving away finishes and nobody's... If you're doing that, then you're a knucklehead, right? But here's the thing. The big giffers, if that's a thing, are people that kind of know those unwritten rules, right? They kind of do what you outlined, right? So it's not necessarily the lariatos of the world or, uh, you know, show buckles of the world. It's the, you know, the, the dope who thinks he's going to, you know, start his own little account. And if, if they're giving away finishes and, you know, putting up, you know, 72 gifts of one match, then, yeah, then that's a challenge. And they got to learn the rules. But here's the thing. The Internet is a wonderful place in that it is a bit of a self-policing place uh, when it comes to that. So, uh, again, I can't imagine that being a huge problem. The, uh, the second point is this. And I was talking to someone uh, earlier this week who uh, has, we'll just say, has uh, has inroads to New Japan. We'll just leave it at that for right now. Uh, and talks to a lot of the brass in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, very interesting conversation that I had. And uh, one of the things that that I made sure that I made clear is that you know, understand that New Japan is popular. Because of these people and because of people like them and not to pat ourselves on the back, but people like us, like we're, we are the ones, we are the ones that, again, the product helps, right? Having a good product and having, but the product is, has been around for years and it's that word of mouth and it's that internet buzz and it's, you know, people seeing the names Hiroshi Tanahashi and, 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 uh, Kenny Omega and, uh, and I'm Hiroki Goto, and you know, just names on their timeline that that and then that they check it out. Uh, it's they got to remember that they got to remember that the reason why they're in the position that they are right now, and the reason that a lot of these people have jobs right now, <laughs> is because of that. It's because of that buzz that that people like a Showbuckle and a people like like Lariato and a people like the Super J Cast and a people like Voices of the Wrestling uh the, you know it's that you know and and the founders of the, the Reddit you know groups and, and 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 Squared Circle it's it's that that helped bring the fandom to the level that it's at so Again, I understand TV rights. I understand when you get suits involved. I understand when you get money involved. That's that's fine. I understand. But let, let's be realistic. So I'm glad that they came to their senses. And again, the Giffers need to follow the rules that have kind of always been in place for that community. So uh, well done. Keep it up. Good. We want to continue to keep that buzz going. Great job. Okay. I've got a question that I would like to deal with next, sticking with the topic of creating a buzz on the internet. And it's a question from uh, our good friend, Andrew Rich. Kenny's done a thing. So Andrew's question is, for all his talk of positivity, Kenny spends too much time responding to negative trolley tweets, which makes him seem as childish as the trolls. Given he's their top champion, do you think NJPW management will talk to Kenny about this? So a bit of backstory for people who haven't been following this, who are people who are not as extremely online as the rest of us. So we got a nice little story in one of these undercards, which we'll touch on later, about uh, Okada saving Tanahashi from the Bullet Club. 
And Kenny Omega said, that story is something for five-year-olds. And then he deleted that tweet afterwards. Someone criticised him for not appearing on the Power Struggle Tour. Uh, they called him a noodly-head fuck, uh, to give the exact quote. And Kenny, uh, Kenny Omega then said, I'll leave the bad shows for all of the other dudes who had no other talent but wrestling. In the meantime, I have the crews and countless other media to help increase brand awareness. You and all of your NJPW favourites can thank me for their steady paycheck. Now, personally, Damon, I don't care that he isn't working this tour. But, you know, I've got no desire to see Kenny Omega working in a, a 10-man undercard tag match. Like, if, if he wants to take this tour off, whatever, fill your boots. But personally, I don't think it's a particularly good idea to be uh, burying the company and his colleagues like this so you know it's like calling it the bad shows leaving the bad shows for all the other dudes that's crossing the line for me um then he went and basically called someone's dad a pedophile and it just seems that each time he goes a little bit off the deep ends seems that the pressure the criticism is getting to him and i don't know how much of this is him working as a heel and how much of it is him genuinely getting upset with people i'm thinking it in terms of building excitement for a match is this helping build the Tanahashi match at Wrestle Kingdom because I I ran a little Twitter poll and I asked our followers what they thought like who do they want to win at Wrestle Kingdom 13 uh, in the midst of all this stuff going down and uh, 51% said they want Tanahashi to win 40% said Kenny and 9% said don't care and I suspect that had we run that poll six months ago we might have got a very different answer but anyway, that that you know, that's just me guessing at the moment. But um, personally, like I certainly want to see Tanahashi win. You could call me a big mark for that, but I think throwing insults at people on Twitter is small time, isn't it? It's unworthy of the IWGP Heavyweight Champion, and th- no one's seeing this stuff apart from a, a tiny, tiny online minority, like people like us. So to say that you know he's quote unquote he's working. That doesn't wash with me. Like maybe he is working, but it's still bad. It's still stupid. Like working's not an excuse for that. And I was talking about this uh, on the Voices of Wrestling Slack uh, with John Carroll. John agreed that he or he is probably the intended reaction here, but their reaction is more like, "I hope Tanahashi beats him so he can go to WWE, so I never have to watch or think about him again." Right. So for a lot of people, this is like, starting to veer into X Pack. He is go away. He isn't it. Here's the thing: when people start telling me about what is he and what is a war, and oh, he's war. The bottom line is, is that if 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 in fact that is his mindset, working and getting he and getting all that, that's to draw money. How is any of that that you just talked about helping him draw money? You're right; it's to an audience that is so small, right? And again, he's talking about he's going to raise brand awareness on a cruise full of people in Bullet Club T-shirts. I mean, it's a, it's a, a giant circle jerk at that point, right? Uh, how is that growing a brand? How is, it? It literally is a, is a nice vacation. <laughs> it really is. I, okay, great. He's got to wrestle a, 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 a what was it a six man tag in this thing? But he's you know he's. He's lounging in a, in a beautiful cabin. Did you, did you happen, happen to see Rey Mysterio's cabin on this thing? No, I didn't. Okay. Go, go out of your way to, to search that on, on the Twitter machine. Uh, I'm sure it's somewhere. This, this thing is palatial. Rey Mysterio's cabin on this cruise, it has a piano, right? <laughs> Why? Why would he need a piano, of all people? Um, 
Watch him be just like like a virtuoso. Just like... like okay, I found it. Um, Rey Mysterio shows off his sick cabin on Chris Jericho Cruz. Sick. Yeah, take a look at okay. it. I'll give, you, I'll give you a moment. I'll ramble. I'll give you a moment to... He's got a jacuzzi, yeah. a minibar, flat screen TV, and a baby grand piano, just to name a few things. Wow. In a suite, in a crew on a cruise. This is not like a like a, on a land hotel. Got this is on a moving living ship. room, bedroom, dining room, and private deck, which is all fully furnished. Yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, so again, uh, like it's it's a nice little little vacation. I'm sure Kenny's got something just as nice, right? I'm sure he's got something just as nice. Uh, I doubt he's in a uh, a twin bed. You know, uh, a hole in the wall, the size of a closet. I doubt that's the case. My point being is this: uh, again, this does nothing. Is does is is any of that doing anything to help the business itself? To help his match with Tanahashi, I, I don't see it at all. Um, so then, the other side of the coin is okay. Then he's doing it because he's, you know, you know, he's a little sensitive. It feels like. Maybe, possibly, right? Um, you know, that this is stuff that's gotten under his skin. Twitter people have finally gotten under his skin and picked, 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 and he, and he lashed out. And it does seem small time to me in that sense for, you know, a company's champion to do that. Now, again, I made an argument privately that, that said, you know, athletes really don't do that. You know what I mean? Like, like legitimate real-time athletes don't get on Twitter and start chirping with fans. And then people sent me examples of, of athletes doing that. Okay, then then I, I'm wrong on that. Then maybe they do. But to me, it, just, it does seem very small time, very petty. If he's trying to get heat, it's to a small audience that's already a fan. They're not going to – it's just silly. I'm telling you, Joel, there is nothing worse than a pro wrestler on fucking Twitter. There is nothing worse. It's just uh, – what does it do? Zach Nobody's buying right. a ticket because of what somebody said on Twitter. What's that? What's Zach that? Sabre Jr.'s Twitter is pretty good. Uh, I guess. I mean, I mean, I don't follow him, so I don't really know. But I, I guess. But it just, I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's just like, why, why do you have it? Aside from, I'm going to be in Boston, Iowa, Sacramento, London, and then Paris. There's nothing. And and here's a link to my Pro Wrestling Tees uh, uh, shop. Aside from that, Joel, I, uh, anything else is – like feuds, but like people – like wrestlers who get on there and start feuds on Twitter. Ugh. Who gives a fuck? It stinks. And then the re- And then you get nitwits tweeting at them and tagging them for every fucking thing on earth. I hate the people who just tag away at people. They'll tag everybody, every little uh, just to get a mention. Jesus Christ! I hate Twitter so much. It stinks. Yeesh. All right, thank you very much. Yeah, honestly, Damon, I'm so sick of discussing this. I get scared every time I see Kenny start tweeting, and he's just for me personally. He's moved firmly into log off and get in the bin territory. He should hand over his Twitter account to someone else who can filter all these things. The rants thing obviously still bothers him, so he should just stop engaging with it. It's a no-win situation. He's got to be yeah. above that. Just mute them or block them and get on with your life, Kenny. Rise above it. It's not going to be seen by most people. 
and it means nothing in the grand scheme of things, but it just makes him look stupid. And like you say, we've got this tiny minority of Twitter users. They know exactly how to push his buttons and get a rise out of him. And him lashing out is giving them exactly what they want. And we we got some yeah. interesting tweets here from uh, our listener at the subtle doctor who said, uh, Damon on the Super J cast made an excellent observation recently. What does Kenny Omega's change the world mantra actually mean? Throw wrestlers and promotions under the bus, defend the title against his friends, bicker with fans on Twitter. It seemed like it was supposed to be more than wrestle real good. It was a claim of positivity, but he's just bringing so much negative energy to so many interactions. I think this is a huge disconnect and where a lot of fans are losing the Kenny Omega character. So that's a brilliant tweet. It sums up pretty much everything that I'm feeling about this. And it was interesting that that tweet was actually retweeted by Tamatonga, who's promoting us whilst also actively blocking us on Twitter. So that was brilliant. (laughs) I laughed so much when I saw that. Oh, see... It is fucking hilarious. Again, how much time have we spent on this? Like 20 minutes on Twitter nonsense. But it's, but, but it's, but you have to because, because it's so in your face, it's everywhere that, but it doesn't, it just seem ridiculous that 20 minutes of, of fucking talking about people on Twitter. And here's the thing. We're not the only ones. So let's not just don't talk about it. Well, okay. Get up the street. Everybody talks about it. Um, you can't ignore it. But it's just, it seems like fucking madness to me. I, I, just delete the fucking, it's not, here's the thing. Joe, I mean, every once in a while, I'll log in. And, I, and, I, and here's the good thing too. Because we're so far apart geographically, that Twitter gets gets all crazy when I start to log in, and it always asks me for that goofy phone number that you have, right? And I, I never remember it. I need to give so, a shout-out uh, like to I never, Sipsy, like my it, friend from the, the SmartCast. So that's his phone number because I can do it with mine. <laughs> and every right. single time so you lock like, us out, I have to send him a message helping us get back in. So if you're listening, Sipsy, thank you. <laughs> right. Thanks, Sips. Um it's it, it's a pain in the ass, so I don't even fucking do it anymore because it's just like it's not worth a hassle. Because why? I'm going to get in there and I'm going to see some good stuff, and then I'm going to get because again, I'm going in there to see good stuff, right? That's why I'm going in. Like I'm not adding anything, I'm not tweeting anything. Barely, I'll tweet some fucking nonsense about buy a T-shirt and renew your browser's account, um, but that's about it. I'm going in there to hopefully see something positive because maybe a fucking you know, some shit's happening in my life, and I'm just like, I just need. I, I can somebody tell me that I'm nice and 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 worth this world? And I look, and I'm like, okay, great. But that's the only reason I'm going in. But and then you always get the fucking, you know, the fucking knobs. Uh, you know, why don't you fucking do that? Shut up. So I, I don't go in. I know my strengths and weaknesses. I know where I know my faults. I can't handle Twitter. I can't handle Twitter. I can't do it. So just be a fucking realistic person. Know yourself and get the fuck off of it. I said the same thing. Elgin, the same guy. Fucking, I'm like, will you get the fuck off Twitter, you numbskull? Okay, I am. He gets off Twitter. Two seconds later, he's on fucking Twitter again. Like, all right, whatever. You know, do whatever you got to do. I don't care. Fuck. Get off of Twitter. Uh, Juice Robinson is the smartest fucking guy. Smartest fucking guy. Got rid of it. Got rid of it. Why would you want people to know where the fuck you are? I'm in a, like regular people, wrestlers, you know, they, they got to promote where they're going to be. But it's like, I'm at a fucking, ball, who cares? I'm watching a football game. Who fucking cares? Stupid. I love not, I love people not knowing where I'm at. I fucking love it. 
Love it. Oh, where were you at? Huh? I don't know. None of your fucking business. What do you think of that? Thank you. All right, I'm done. I'm applauding. This, this is what the people are tuning in to listen to you, Damon. But, like, oh, here's the thing now. I saw one conversation on Twitter. Well, you know, I should probably get off Twitter, but uh, it's at Grizz Exploder said, I honestly do not know how I was cheering for him to take the title from Okada at Dominion. And then at George W. Bushy, which is a Twitter handle that made me laugh, said, I was there in person and the moment has been retroactively ruined by how awful this reign and his persona since has been. Now, I personally, I won't go that far myself, but I do kind of feel that way now that I think back to my nice memories of my trip to Osaka and being there and cheering for him and him being one of my favourite wrestlers then. And I can't really um, consolidate that with all this shit that he's doing at the moment. But um, some people have accused us of not having perspective. So I'm going to read something that uh, Nicole from our, our Discords, who manages our Discord, wrote just to give a bit of balance here. Tell, tell me what you think of it. So I'll read this. If the stories are true about the Bucks and Cody being down with Jericho's start-up promotion, but Kenny still undecided playing into all this. The Elite and Ibushi stood there after All In and said, whatever they're doing, they're doing together. And then a couple of months later, the Bucks and Cody looking at something Kenny's not fully on board with, allegedly. I think we can all agree this run with the belt has probably not lived up to whatever dreams or worst nightmares Kenny had. Less than 24 hours after winning at Dominion, he's getting called a racist after he cuts a poorly worded promo, and it's all been downhill from there. His reign is shaping up to go down in history as a lackluster one at best. His fellow musketeers may be going down a route he doesn't want to follow. People shit on the show he promoted, and NJPW is fucking around with the one thing that brings a true smile to his face in the form of working with Ibushi. And now he sees Tanahashi getting, in my opinion, the more interesting story with Okada, even though it's he and Tanahashi main event in the Dome. I'm not saying he's completely blameless, but I'll also say I wouldn't be shocked if this is his way of crying out into the void his frustration over the last four months since Dominion. For months, he's been using post-match press conferences and speeches to go from passive-aggressive to not so passively aggressive, not so passively expressing his opinion on the way things are headed. No one in his estimation has clearly been listening. As a New Japan fan, I want him to stay, as I think the in-ring product only benefits with his presence as a Kenny fan based on what we see and my interpretations I want him to leave for impact where I think he'd be currently infinitely happier because I don't think it's a coincidence that the official impact Twitter shared Don turning on Kenny or that Don tweeted about making Ibushi a star so taking all those things into account Damon does it give you a bit more sympathy does it change things for you at all Yes, but it's. It, I think it is something that we have said in the past. It is is he has his ideas of what he wants, right? And again, every champion kind of has that in his pocket. Uh, that's the luxury afforded to that person, where they can somewhat not every champion, but you know, champions where they're really going to hang their hat on the guy. That th- they do have that luxury. And now, again, it can be a situation where. It, that she described in in the sense that he is frustrated and he is he is you know, challenged by the fact that he's not getting what he wants. Now, on the flip side of that, it's okay. You don't always get what you want. You get what you need, right? <laughs> it's you know you, you you can't dictate who every fucking challenger is and who you want to wrestle and who. Uh, okay, you know you know what I mean. Like sometimes the business is going to ask you to do things that maybe you don't necessarily want to do. Again, all speculation at this point, though. It is all speculation. No one knows what Cody's going to do. Again, could it be his own promotion? Should be. Could be. I mean, he successful first all-in is, is any proof. I would want to 
you know, bank on him running another one and maybe another one and having his own promotion. That might be the thing that he wants to do. Bucks, nobody knows, right? But it it you know, it wouldn't surprise me to have them show up at NXT. I mean, figuring every single one of their friends and 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 peers seems to be on that NXT roster at this point. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Now again, they have a lot of financial freedom to be able to dictate their schedule and their uh, their hot topic, and I'm sure that's all in negotiation. Kenny, look, it, to me, waiting another three years might not be the, the best thing to do. He's I don't I don't think in three years he's going to be hotter in New Japan than he would be, uh, you know, just going now. He's not going to be any hotter. He's not going to get an, a better deal than what he will be offered now. Uh, Impact, I don't think, is a player in this. I mean, if, you, if you're at a Kenny Omega level right now, there is a certain dollar sign that needs to be on a contract, and I don't think Impact can can make that happen. Uh, Don Callis aside, right? Look. If anything, Kenny Omega is is very polarizing for everything that goes on outside of the ring, right? Inside of the ring, I think the majority of people who watch this product would give him a strong thumbs up, right? A strong thumbs up. And I think the minority would give him at least, at minimum, a half-hearted thumbs up. Right, you may not like the facial expressions, you may not like the selling, you may not, but you got to admit the guy is fucking. He's he is good, he is really good, and when he wants to put on a great match, he absolutely fucking can. Not a good match, a great match. Right? It's the outside the ring stuff that rubs people the wrong fucking way. But that's always been Kenny Omega. That has not changed since day fucking one. And I got to be honest with you. I got to give him some credit. And 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 I'm going to say a dreaded word here. I'm going to say a dreaded word. But, hey, you know what? I'm not even going to fucking do it because I just don't want the fucking headache. I'm not even going to make that comparison. Um, you got to give Kenny Omega fucking credit because at least whether you agree with him or you don't agree with him and, and agree with his vision of pro wrestling or don't, he's got the balls to do what he wants to do, how he wants to do it. He sees his character as this, and that's the way he delivers it, and good on him. Is it always for me? No. Does it always hit the mark? No. But in the ring, I, I, can't, I can't not give it to him. He's still one of my favorites in the ring. It's the outside the ring stuff that I could just hand wave. And if he would just take that to a to, you know what I'm just gonna say, if he could take that to a minimum, he, I would like him more. But who who the fuck gives a you know who cares about me? If he's happy doing what he's gonna do, he's gonna do what he's gonna do. And I gotta give him at least credit for being that kind of a guy. Kenny, if you're listening, get in touch with me. I'll manage your Twitter account. I think I'm quite good at it. So mm-hmm. you'll be in safe hands. Give me a call. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I, that, that's why one of the first conversations we ever had, Joel, revolved around. The social media and me saying it's all on you just understand that right right i was like i'm not i don't i don't do it because i know my shortcomings just it's it's, it's okay to delete the twitter it's perfectly fucking okay to, to delete the twitter all right are we done with the twitter yeah let's uh move on to this road to power struggle tour and delve into some of the issues going on in the undercard 
And first match started with a side headlock. But in my day, that was called a side chancery. <laughs> so we've got a question here. I, I'm sorry to set it up like this, Damon, because we're going to go from run, one rant into another. But this is what, yeah. what the people want to hear. So Ben asks... No, okay, let's come at this from a different angle. Ben says, keeping things positive, because we're all about positivity here on the Super J cast. JR's not looking so bad, right? Just a question for when there's a, a lull in the action. <sighs> all right, let's let's fucking get into it. Um, you like all of our listeners were we were all somewhat in shock at the idea and the notion that one Kevin Kelly was not going to be on these shows, and again for whatever reason, maybe he had personal things, maybe he had. Uh, I did not ask. I did not reach out to Kevin for this. But for whatever reason, management, uh, whether it be Michael Craven, whether it be uh, uh, Harold, uh, whoever it is, decided that we needed to have another set of of, uh, English play-by-play and color commentary. Can can I just pause here and and interject, Damon? Sorry. Yeah. No one else was talking about this apart from us. Everyone else either missed this or dismissed it as a joke. And I I swear, we're the only podcast that I've been listening to that actually picked this up and, you know, discussed it in the fair and reasonable manner that we do. And now it's obviously blown up, but uh, you heard it here first. And now I'm going to hand back over to you. All right. Uh, yeah, exactly. You, you, as, as you normally do. Again, I've said this before on previous shows that I might not be able to say everything at, that I get communicated to, right? Uh, but there are things that I will say throughout a show that will that, that, read between the lines, people. I, I fucking I'm, I'm giving it to you. I can't I can't just throw a, a hanging curveball over the plate. I got I got I got to mix in my pitches here. Uh, right. So here we go. So nobody thought this was this this day would happen. Uh, let alone the individuals that they handpicked and hand-selected for this. Now, I will say this. Who's our play-by-play guy? His, his name is Mavs uh, Gillis, uh, apparently sports reporter Mavs, in Canada that graduated from college in 2014. All right. Well, good for him. Um, I understand he does a little minor hockey, right? Does a little minor hockey. The Quebec uh, juniors, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I'm very familiar. Now, listen, I talk to professional athletes, right? I don't talk to the juniors. I talk, I, I, I talk to the pros. NHL locker room. You, you saw the, you saw the picture, right? You saw, the, you, you know who I'm talking. to. You are to. big time, Damon. Uh, eh, you know, listen. If anybody wants to talk to anybody in sports, you know, you talk to me, right? Because I'm at the games. Eagles, Flyers. You know, I had a, uh, New York Islanders. I'm talking to. I'm, to, I'm, I'm, I'm all over. Uh, I'm not, you know, I appreciate the fact that he's in the minors. I'm in the major leagues. Any chill. 20 years. Uh, okay, so I know how to handle myself in a locker room. FYI, New Japan. Just, just FYI. Okay, so I thought he did, Mavs did a very good job. A very good job. Uh, all things considered. One, he's apparently a fan of the product, right? He he watches. I don't know how long. I don't know if he's going back watching, you know, Tatsumi Fujinami matches. Who knows? Uh, but he, I, I kind of did, did take a look at his timeline a little bit. 
and he's tweeted New Japan stuff in the past, and he's a fan, and 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 he's been involved in the uh, the indie scene in 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 Canada. So uh, again, he has that. So and apparently, New Japan only hires Canadians at this point. All right. Next is uh, the fact that again he did a solid job for his first time. Right. Again, that 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 booth he had nobody to lean on. He had to drive the ship. And he had to drive the boat. And I thought he did a very good job. I know people were, were comparing him to uh, Joey Styles, former ECW commentator. He reminded me a bit of John and, Anik. Uh, I don't know I, if you ever heard John Anik on UFC broadcasts, but he had a similar sort of cadence and mm-hmm. style to him. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, I, I, I think he did... Uh, the, the biggest criticism that I think people had, and I kind of had the same thing, and I, but I think, again, nerves... Uh, time difference, right? Keep in mind. Let, let's not let's not hand wave the jet lag. You know, you're flying over there. You got maybe one day to get your body acclimated, and then boom, you're 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 asked to, you know, do the English commentary on a show that he knows, you know, thousands of people are listening to, and will listen to because it's a new voice, and they want it. There, everybody's going to have their say. Uh, so I'm sure nerves. I'm sure jet lag. I'm sure whatever. But his pace. Like everything was important, and everything was super impactful, and everything was, and 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 we got to ramp to that, right? Because when the the super important things do happen, uh, we want to make them special, right? And not necessarily waste that energy on stuff that might not be as important. Uh, again, that's a pacing thing that he'll get more comfortable with and and more accustomed to. So, uh, scale of one to ten, I, I, truth be told, I'm going to give him a seven or an eight. I thought he did. A, I, I thought he did a a really good job first time out and and that's a good solid base to start with to then move forward right uh, and build off of now i don't know how that mix is going to be right because kevin kelly's not going anywhere right uh he's he's as a matter of fact he's doing you know these these uh, shows coming up finals and 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 all that so i don't know how they're going to work him in and out and Right now, we, I mean, we got more English commentators than than we know what to do with at this point. I mean, it's it's unbelievable how many how many English voices we now have for one fucking wrestling product. Okay, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, let's let's go to Chris Charlton, another po- uh, positive, uh, Joel. Right, Chris, uh, friend of the show, uh, listener of the show. We we'll, we'll we are uh, appearing on his Egg Shells podcast. We're both very excited to be doing that and. Uh, recorded that, and I thought it went smashingly, and uh, Joel said the same, and uh, lots of people listen to that Eggshells. Lots of people get his his Eggshells uh, egg book. What a wonderful resource. And he, again, it adds in a, uh, a history and a knowledge, and uh, he knows when to pick his spots, and I was even telling him that before, that that's hard in a three-man booth to kind of pick your spots and know when to get in, know when to get out, and not when to overstay your welcome. Great job. And he's you know, he's getting even more comfortable, right? So he's able to bring in a little bit of his sarcastic humor, right? He's able to do a little bit of that. So uh, I think, again, only and and of course the translations, just a positive uh, to any broadcast that he brings. So uh, a a double thumbs up from Damon to Chris on that. An excellent job as always, and I hope to hear him more and more and more. Listen, get rid of that fucking teaching gig. 
and get on get on the road with New Japan. Come on, you can teach any time, Chris. You can teach any teaching will always be there, right, Joel? You know that, right? Teaching will always be there. He can fall back on that. Boom. Get this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Get 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 full time. Sign sign the paper. Do it. All right. Uh, which leads me to last but not least, Joel. Uh, one leaping Lani Poffo, the host of our favorite podcast. I'm laughing podcast. already. You haven't even started. <laughs> our favorite podcast, the genius cast, Joel, the genius cast, where I'm sure he shares tales of the road and uh, all kinds of clever anecdotes about life uh, in uh, the uh, Memphis area, right? I'm sure he was involved with the Poffos, right, in the, in the feud with uh, the Jarrett's. Um, had to be uh, some great stories that we haven't heard 700 times. Uh, the uh, Life on the Road with Randy Savage, his brother, right? And, uh, and the Throwing Frisbees, the Poet Laureate of the World Wrestling Federation. <sighs> Let me tell you something. I am just flabbergasted at the fact that an airline ticket, meals, a hotel room, whatever it was, was spent for that experiment. Now people have said, you know, said an experiment, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna test the waters and see how that. Okay, sometimes experiments are based off of some type of scientific fact that might want to lead you to another fact, right? So an experiment is based off of at least something to hang your hat on to lead you to a new conclusion. Am I, am I wrong in that? Or are, we, or are experiments just throw fucking something up in the air and hope it sticks? Okay. You want to be taking calculated risks, in, not just risk risks. You, there's there's right. got to be something to you know stick your hat to if you're going to... Yeah. Throw the dice like that. Yeah, yeah. So now we have, and again, people brought to my attention, Joel, that, uh, and I'm sure this went, because uh, uh, I forgot all about it, that Lanny did, in fact, do some WWF syndicated television color commentating for like a cup of coffee, for like literally, a, like a, 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 I couldn't even be been more than three months because I had, I completely forgot about it. But apparently that was the case, uh, that he did do some stuff for WWF. But, okay. Uh, I'm sure people weren't ringing his door, uh, knocking on his door, or sending a, a text beforehand and then knocking on his door uh, to uh, bring him in. Joel, this was – it wasn't even horrible. Here's what it was. It was, why the fuck is this happening, is what it was. Look. He added zero. Why? Because he had nothing to give. Right? How could you expect someone to give something when they have nothing to give? There was nothing of any substance. There was nothing of any... There wasn't even anything bad that he said. He just said the most mundane, safe, driest toast... I'm looking at the fucking TV. I can see that Abushi is fast. I can see ACH is athletic. These are the comments that I'm getting. Like, zero was brought. 
I learned I learned that he uh, is was thrilled to be there many times that he was thrilled to be there. I'm sure he was. I mean, it, it sounded like this was his first time in Japan, right? I would be thrilled too. I remember my first time. A thrilling experience. Invigorating. Life-changing. He added nothing to this broadcast. Now, I ask New Japan, and I ask my loyal listeners to the Super Jcast, and I ask you, Joel, what the fuck was the point of that? Do I have to answer that question? Yes. Because I don't have an answer. I'm scratching my head. I My only guess was that he was a big name. And that's it. I can't think of anything else. <sighs> Joe, I could name... I, I, I could name a lot of people that, that would be a better fit than, than that and would make even a little bit of sense. Again, you're going to bring somebody over and their job is to add color, right, to a broadcast, okay? So that would be somebody who, A, might have some history or might have some knowledge of that history. Well, Chris Charlton checks that box perfectly, right? Does Lanny Poffo check that box? Has he, A, had an extensive tour with New Japan? Can he provide some clever stories about life in Japan on the road? Can he provide any interesting facts of, oh, I've wrestled this guy, and here's where he is good, and here's his strengths, and here's his weaknesses? Again, we, we list all the people that kind of check. Josh Barnett could check those boxes. Steve Carino could check those boxes, right? The guy, this is his first time in fucking Japan. Joe Brian Mackey could be a better color commentator. He could share stories of his time in fucking Japan. Right? He's been there once. One more time than, than Lenny Pavo. <laughs> right? Right? I mean, uh, come on. I, I uh, Look, the only possible thing I can think of what ha- the fuck happened is. And again, this is nothing against Lanny Poffo, the gentleman, right? Because I'm sure he is a nice guy. He seems like a real pleasant guy and a nice guy. This is not what this podcast is about, though. This is about critiquing and, and talking about the product that we're getting in front of us, right? So, sorry. What... What was the purpose of this? What could he bring to the... This was Lanny Poffo being a, a, a gentleman and a nice guy to New Japan people, in New Japan influencers, right? To say, wow, this guy might be really good in this role. And, but, when, but again, when we already have this role by seven other people, but okay, we're, put Rocky Romero in there. Right, I, I just again, I don't understand. It was, and it's not my money. It's not my money. It's not like it came out of my pocket. But why the fuck would you spend the money on this? It makes no sense to me. That's really the bottom line. It just makes no sense to me. My only guess, he was at all in, wasn't he? Maybe this is someone yeah. repaying a favor. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, what, 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 what did he do? He was, did he buy him a beer? Was he, he was, was he with Cody's lot? Is that it? Is he in with those guys? Is mm-hmm. he, 
is that how he's managed to get his shot because they're trying to keep them that's what i'm guessing yeah i mean that's i mean truth truth be told that's that's the only logical thing is that he he look to me him bringing him being brought in 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 all in right was kind of like a nostalgic rib you know, like, a, oh, we we got Lanny Pop. It's kind of like Joey Janela when he brings in, you know, crazy fucking, you know, high school dream matchup things for him. You know what I mean? Bringing in guys like Onita or bringing in guys like, uh, uh, who did he have on the last show? Like, like when he wrestled Ellsworth or so. you know, it's just shit like that, right? Um, you know, those kind of, you know, he brought in, um, who else did he bring in? I forget who else he brought in. But he, but he does that. He does that a lot. He brings in, like, guys that he, he's, you know, looked up to and, and, and watched on tapes and shit. And, and that's the only thing that I, I felt like Lanny Poffa was there. Maybe, you know, it was just like, you know, a nostalgic pop rib kind of thing. And then he wooed and, and made friends and got... You know, uh, you know, he seems like again. He seems like a very personable guy. Seems like a very charming gentleman, um, and got his way in there. Um, it's the only thing I could think of. Listen, that's one hell of a fucking charmer. I've been doing this podcast for three fucking years. I ain't got shit like that, Joel. <laughs> I, I, apparently, I'm a shitty, charming person because I have not had. Uh, listen, actually, you know what? I take that back. Truth be told, I did get a little. I got a wonderful offer uh, that I had to turn down, unfortunately. Um, but uh, so I, I can't, I can't say that. So maybe I am charming. And I got but, a sweet Zack um, Sabre Jr. T-shirt, so we can't complain. Yeah, that's you know what? Good point. Good point. I, I'm st- uh, listen. This whole rant is just me being jealous. Let's just, let's just be honest here. <laughs> this is all this is. This is just me feeling like I put in a lot of work. I I, I don't want New Japan recognize us and, and send us. Send us. <sighs> oh, listen, Madison Square Garden's right around the corner. I'm sure we'll we're, we'll we'll find a way to make it. And listen, I got Tomatonga, you know, mentioning me in tweets. So I don't know. Look, I just don't understand what the purpose of this is and why it's continuing. Will it get better? I don't fucking know. Because he added nothing. There was nothing there to 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 judge on except the fact that. He's saying the 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 safest, driest, most non-opinionated thoughts, um, things that if anybody's watching the broadcast, they can see with their own eyes, Um, and 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 the people watching that broadcast are watching it. They already know the information that he's giving. It's just I I just it's it's just one of those head scratching moments, Joel. That that has me a little frustrated, probably more than it should, but. Lanny Poffo, everyone. Lanny Poffo. It was it was funny bad. I'll say that much for it. Like Poffo, he was obviously there to be like Jerry Lawler, make the dad jokes. Um the first night Gillis just didn't set him up for any of it. They didn't have any chemistry at all. And I think Gillis, he sounded like he was scared to actually ask Lanny questions because he knew Lanny didn't know anything about the product. And then right. L- Lanny would just interject with like literally one word, just switchblade. Uh, there were a, a couple of times where Gillis tried to set him up. He he asked him like, "Oh, what do they have to do to keep this man down?" And then Poffo just goes, "Where is Kanemaru?" So even when yeah. Gillis was trying to feed him in, he just he wasn't biting at all, and you know yeah. <laughs> making bushwhackers references. Uh, we're about right. two minutes into the first broadcast before he goes, "Well, in my day," 
Um, just the, <laughs> the comments were so nice. I actually found it quite entertaining. Like when he, he's playing whack-a-mole, that's another game. It's very fun. He absolutely loved Rocky Romero. I I don't know if it was Rocky that yeah. helped him get that gig. That that could be a, another guess because the, the, how hard he was putting in Rocky over. <laughs> ACH is almost as agile as Rocky Romero. Rocky Romero wouldn't have run out of yeah. gas. And then he just resorted to spouting out his life achievements. Like, I made an event in Madison Square Garden twice. I beat Hulk Hogan in 1989. I fought Tiger Mask once in 1982. Not sure if it was that Tiger Mask, though. And uh, I saw a funny tweet from... Is that what he yes. said? I didn't even hear that one. Wait a minute. He yeah. said that? Wait. Wait. He said... Wait. Time out. What the fuck? What? Did he I say... I fought Tiger Mask said... once in 1982. Say... Not sure if it was that Tiger Mask, though. Is he out of his fucking skull? Oh, my goodness gracious. Chris was very patient with him and explained oh. all the different Tiger Masks and <laughs> what was going on. It, you know, to me, it was kind of like... Uh, you're sitting there in your living room watching New Japan and then like your uncle walks past. He's got no knowledge of it and he sticks his head around the door. It's like, oh, what are you watching? And then he comes to sit down with you and watch it totally unsolicited and yeah. just starts making random comments about it. That's That was the quality of the yeah. podcast. Or, or another funny one I saw from an insider who tweeted this. He literally sounded like a commentator from a bad 90s wrestling video game where he just insert the wrestler's name into a generic statement. Ryusuke Taguchi is now entering the ring. ACH is a talented athlete. Kota Ibushi is very quick. But he made me laugh. Exactly like, I've got to say, I, I kind of enjoyed it just for how shit it was. Like, the one little joke he made that did make me laugh. He said, did you know show and yo rhyme? And I laughed. I laughed. Oh. But, and he also set up the, the best joke, actually, over the two nights was when he said something to Chris Charlton. Do you know the patella? And then Chris Charlton goes, no, but I know Nutella. <laughs> I didn't hear that. And, yeah, so I've discussed this oh. with other people. Uh, I'm Mike Spears. Now, I'm Mike Spears. We need to give him a shout out because he is the person who came up with a Gentleman's Three. Everyone's doing the Gentleman's Three now. And that was our, I'm Mike Spears at Fujihash. You can give him a follow on Twitter. So, innovator. So, he said that as, as someone who's done some sports play by play in colour, you've got to feed if you're the play by play. And the colour guy needs to have their spots decided. So, Obviously, this just wasn't happening. It's was, it like spectacularly bad having two rookies in there without a more experienced guy to keep things steady. And the second night it was a bit better. Chris Charlton worked hard to bring Poffo into the discussion. Like he was asking good questions, like uh, how does Suji's gridiron background help in wrestling and things like that. And th- th- there was just some weird stuff as well. Like there was a political reference as well. Chris Charlton says something like, "Don't bring a knife to a gunfight," and then. Uh, Lanny Poffo made some comment about Obama and that was just cringing at that point uh, so oh. you know, we, we, we've speculated why it was there uh, <laughs> I've got a question I think you know what the answer is Pro Wrestling View says does Poffo deserve another chance but with Kevin Kelly maybe setting him up better no do you think he, he'll get no, another I, chance I, I'm though? sorry or do you think that's it yes no I think he will um, here's uh, <laughs> He was you. You nailed it in the sense of you know Mavs was setting Mavs is a professional broadcaster, right? He might not know the ins and outs of New Japan Pro Wrestling history, and he might not be uh, a voice that that you are familiar with, and he might not be comfortable in the surroundings of Cork and Hall yet. I don't have a problem with Matt. I thought he did a good job. I, I I said again, you know, for for again him sitting there. Uh, for the first time, uh, good job. 
Um, and I would have no problem him being like the, the, the you know, I don't want to say the B team, but, you know, on the on the bigger broadcast that Kevin Kelly can't make, I would have no problem him uh, sitting in. I would have no problem. Um, and he, he set up, just like you said, he set him up, like, with softballs. But just, just, just uh, I, again, it's hard. First of all, he didn't wrestle fucking Tiger Mask in 1982. Because here's the thing. In 1982, Tiger Mask was, was doing tours of WWF, right? Eddie Gilbert wrestled at the Spectrum. Dynamite Kid, of course, the infamous Madison Square Garden match. I'm really racking my brain to think. Lanny Poffo in 1982 was in, you know, doing the fucking shit, you know, in, in, in Tennessee, if anything. I'd, I'd be And again, I'm not looking it up right now, but... I'm, I don't know. Sayama wrestled Lanny Poffo? Where? Maybe California? Maybe that happened? But I'm really struggling to figure where Sayama wrestled Poffo as Tiger Mask. As Tiger Mask. So I don't, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm questioning that one. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to put a question. I'm not saying it didn't happen. Questioning it. My point being is this. Uh, Mav set up Poffo many times. And he swung and missed many times. Uh, can that chemistry be built? Yes. But my, again, my fucking question is why? Why him? There's a million people you could pick from. I just, and again, I. Here's my biggest, aside from the fact that I have yet to get a plane ticket from New Japan. <laughs> that, that's that aside. We're going to put that aside. My real beef with this is. Is that sh- that that if if we're going to do that, what other hair-brained ideas do people have that are not getting nixed and not getting? Whoa, what are we doing now? You want to hear one? Like, that's what has me. Cons- yeah, okay, yeah, let's hear okay. one. This is a tweet from a friend of the show, Mark Wozeka. NJPW booth has recently included myself, Kevin Kelly, Jr. Don Callis, Rocky Romero, Chris Charlton, Maz Gillis, uh, Trent Beretta, Chucky T, Lanny Poffo. And I feel one thing is clear. We should all throw on a headset at NJPW World to call Wrestle Kingdom New Japan Rumble together. I I mean, but here's the thing. They could, right? They could each take one person entering the ring. Uh, That's madness to me. Why do we need all these people? I don't, that's just what I don't understand. I, I, I hear everybody. All right, let me ask you this: Why why wouldn't Mark get the phone call? I th- I thought Mark did a great job, right? I, 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 maybe pump the brakes. Maybe not a great job, but he did a, he did a really good job, right? Being the color guy to to Kevin Kelly, I thought he did a good job, right? D- definitely better than what we heard recently, right? Right. So uh, why not? I mean, I'm sure. I mean, I don't know what his schedule is, and I don't know what that looks like. But I a thousand percent would rather have that than than what we had this. And, week. and again, I'll say what, what, I'll mean, say this in defense of Mark. At least you can tell he's a fan of the product, and that I think is what really grates for a lot of fans, myself included. When you hear someone like Lanny Poffo or Jr. who don't know or care about the product, it just it's disrespectful. It's disrespectful That's that it. they paid for these people to come out who can't even be bothered to do the most basic of research to find out who the characters are, what the stories are, what the moves are called. They don't care. And 
again, I find that insulting as a listener. Again, I agree. And, and, and there's a big difference between when you're getting a paycheck, there, you, 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 there, there is a certain level of that. It is disrespectful. It, 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 I, I hate to say it. it imagine, imagine a, 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 imagine me. Imagine Arsenal, Joel, calling me and saying, hey, listen, not for nothing, I'm a big fan of this Super J-Cast. I don't really know anything about this fucking pro wrestling nonsense, but, man, are you, you are entertaining and funny, and, and man, you just, uh, yeah, I love the way you just kind of go off on shit. And uh, Listen, we're going to fly you out to London, and uh, why don't you join our broadcast crew, and you can provide uh, color commentating uh, on the game against uh, Tottenham, right? Uh, how about a, or another one. How about Chelsea, right? Listen, uh, uh, yeah, you could, or how about Man uh, Man City because you like Oasis and they like Oasis, so we'll bring you in, and then then every five minutes you can mention Noel and Liam Gallagher, right, on the broadcast because that's not the only thing you fucking know about it, right? We'll we'll fly. Wouldn't you, as an Arsenal fan, be like, what in the blue fuck is this American jerk off dork doing? And what is Arsenal doing? Well, I, I think a key point here, if hypothetically you got that offer you'd be giving me a call and saying joel help me out here i don't know anything about this you know be my spotter give, no. give me some tips give me some insight to let me know what the stories no. are who are the key players here no i'm here know what i'm doing i'm gonna go right to trafalgar square i'm gonna get a selfie i'm in london and then i'm gonna go uh get some uh, fish and chips and drink at a pub Right, and then I'm going to show up at the fucking uh, where, 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 where is it uh, Emirates Stadium? Yeah, Emirates? man, you're you're nailing right? it. You know way more about uh, English right? football than Lanny Poffo does about New Japan Pro Wrestling. <laughs> right, uh, you know what I mean. Uh, we'll, we'll go there, uh, and uh, we'll talk about the pitch, right? Because that's what Americans like to talk. That's what we like to do. We like to call it the pitch and mention the pitch every five seconds. The pitch. Right, we could do that, and then I can say, uh, "Oh, that guy's what? Uh, he's pretty athletic." And oh, look at the athleticism on number twelve. Hmm. Ah, he headed the ball. That must hurt. Hmm. Right, I can. I'm pretty good. Right, pretty good so far, huh? Hey, we call it soccer here in in America. Isn't that weird? You guys call it football, but we have the real. <laughs> it's football. funny when you do it, though. <laughs> <laughs> right, pretty good, right? Huh? Pretty good. Hey, some might say, hey, that's a great Oasis song, some might say. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, elbow in the ribs. Hey, everybody. Wackadoo, wackadoo. Right, I'm going to tweet Sky Sports right, right now because th- we've got to make this happen. If New Japan won't do it, then Sky Sports yeah. will. Yeah. Hey, here's Wonderwall, everyone. I'll just sing along. It'd be great. Ah, oh, I, I, I got this one nailed. Why do they tie? How boring. Play. They, they should just play. Oh, I, you know, wait, wait a minute. The clock's counting down. This is, this is, re- oh, no, it counts up, doesn't it? It counts up. Yeah, it counts up. You start at zero and you count up, right? right? See, that would be the, the entertaining banter I would have with, with, with the people at the booth. I'd be like, hey, wait a minute. The clock's messed up. And they'd be like, no, no, Damon. It's, it's, oh, oh that's weird. Because in the real football, it counts down. <laughs> oh, silly American. So, Pretty good. So we're reaching the hour mark. Kenny Omega, tick. Lanny Poffo, tick. <sighs> yeah, we're done. All right. I feel good. I feel better, actually. I feel, feel, uh, I feel like I got out of my, out of my, out of my system. Um, 
This does nothing for our chances, though, to get hired by New Japan. Just have, <laughs> this is really, really counterproductive. But uh, oh well. Yeah, well, we call it like it is. No, nothing if not honest. Yeah, and cathartic. A little bit, but a little bit of both. A little bit of both. All right, what, what, let's move on. What else we got? All right, so let's actually discuss some of the uh, wrestling in this New Japan Pro Wrestling Company. So we had mm-hmm. some uh, decent Young Lions matches uh, opening up these shows. Um, we had Ren Narita doing the most awesome belly-to-belly bridging suplex I've ever seen. And also I found it notable that Shota Umino got a win in a match that also featured Yoshida and Hinare. So I thought that was definitely yeah. something uh, worth noting. And their little feud is continuing, Amino and Yoshida. So I'm sure destined for big things in the future. Um, I also think these Bullet Club versus Chaos tags have been really good. Um, there has been great yes. heat for Rocky Romero. He came across like an absolute babyface star on the Saturday show. I don't know if this is just me. I'd quite like to see a, a five-on-five elimination tag match. I think that would be a nice way to start to blow this off. And Tamatonga doing a Superman punch, a little tribute to Roman Reigns, who, of course, we we wish all the best. Uh, big fan of Roman Reigns over here. Yeah. Um, you know, I was plugging uh, the possibility of him having a match with Tetsuya Naito. That's my dream match. John Carroll came up with it, but I'm, I'm flying the flag for it. I still want to see it. And, uh, of course, we got, at the end of this, the, the handshake with the eternal rivals, yeah. Kazuchika Okada and Hiroshi Tanahashi, shaking hands after Tanahashi came to save Okada at the end of the match. It was an amazing moment. The crowd absolutely loved it. And there was a great interview afterwards with Tanahashi saying that pro wrestling is not only about betrayal. Uh, He also made a reference to the video game Splatoon, which was funny. So where do you think this could be leading? You know what? I I don't know. But here's... For all of of my ranting and raving about where you know the stuff outside of the ring, it's those moments that make us fans of this product. I mean, look, we know that that rivalry is is one of the greatest in pro wrestling history. For for a lot of people, it is the greatest when you compare the 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 storyline, the match quality that you got. Uh, the big main events that you saw that in. Um, and again, it wasn't beat you over the head with a hammer. It was it just, again, uh, uh, it wasn't anything more than a a handshake. Yet, it was so impactful, and it was so dramatic, and it was so um, important. Right, and we know that it doesn't just get left at that. Right, we know knowing what New Japan does and and the way that they love a slow burn, it is you know just when you think that that story is over and it can't get any there, there's no, nothing more we can do with it. Uh, aside from hey, superstar and 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 new age superstar battling out to see who's the best. Now we have a new added wrinkle and a new added element to something that is, you know, again, already one of the greatest stories in the history of pro wrestling. It's simple. It's it's dramatic in its simplicity is what makes it so great. Um, again, not nothing beat over the head. You know, and we know other promotions that can do that and, and uh, you know, and are not so su- subtle about it. But it was... 
again, I, I'm not saying that it's going to turn into Tanahashi having a new faction that's that you know, and, and Okada's in it or anything along those lines. Truth be told, I don't know, and there is a lot of speculation. But just just the fact that a little, uh, not even a, a little seed, this is a big zygote thing that has been put in the ground that uh, is. You know, it does lead to new and interesting possibilities that make it fun. You know, just again, all that negativity, unfortunately, that that we talked about before, and all those question marks and all that. What the fuck are you doing? At the core of everything that we we follow in this fandom are moments like that, and and little nuggets like that. So good on them. I like where that's going. I love the idea, the possibility of having them together in some kind of of cohesion. Uh, fighting off the evils that is Jay White and and chaos and whatever that lo- and Bullet Club and and or whatever that looks like, um, I, I like that. I like I like the I like this the, and where it's going. Uh, for what it's worth, in the backstage interviews, Okada said that his partner will still be Yoshihashi. So uh, squashing any potential rumors of him mm. and Tanahashi teaming up. And now I thought it was interesting as well that uh, Beretta expressed some concern backstage again in these post-match interviews which are always worth checking out so he was concerned about the Okada Tanahashi alliance so I'd speculated in previous shows that he might move to the Bullet Club and this could be a possible motive for his defection if he thinks Okada's getting too chummy with Tanahashi so again just a little seed there and of course with all the commentary problems they missed the Rapongi Vice reunion with um, Rocky and, and Beretta mm. teaming up there in one of those tag matches. Um, Beretta was a really, really hot baby face there. So I actually think it would be a mistake to get him to join the Bullet Club because I think he's got um, a lot of potential as a singles baby face star. But there you go. Uh, and it was good to see Okada finally getting his hands on Gado after everything that's happened. Uh, Damien, I don't know if you watched all the backstage promos, but you've probably seen enough of them to tell me what are your thoughts on Jay White as a promo because... Um, I was discussing this with WH Park, and I think, and he, he agrees. No, you knew your new best friend, friend WH Park. Park I'm going to Wrestle Kingdom with, oh. and you're not going, so he, no. I'll probably get him to replace you on the podcast. Uh, so just, oh. in, I'll be. Don't, don't worry, I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be working for Arsenal. <laughs> don't worry about it. I'll be. <laughs> you'll, you'll hear me. Bigger, bigger, and better things, my friend. Bigger and better things. What, what, what do you think about uh, Jay White's promos and the yelling in particular? Because he, he still seems to shout in all his backstage promos. And it seems a bit one note to me. Or am I just being fussy? Um, now, I, now, now that you mentioned it, I won't be able to not hear it. <laughs> um, it doesn't bother me as much. Um, I, 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 truth be told, it didn't really resonate with me in the sense of it, it is that same tone of screaming. But now you mention it, 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 it is there. Um, I don't know. I'll have to listen a little bit deeper to that and and see if there's a pattern to that. Uh, again, one of the, my biggest challenges has been the development of of the character work of Jay White. Um, and I know people are, you know, want to give him a, a pass when it comes to that. In, in, in the fact that it it is young, but we're coming up on a year, or probably over a year at this point, right? It's uh, how long? How long do, do you take? How long does that take? Uh, it's I'll listen a little bit deeper for it, but I don't. It doesn't bother me right now. I have to give an honest answer. For I that. think he's doing fine. I, I think he's still a decent promo, and he's young, and he will improve. But 
again, I think something like, uh, as was mentioned in that conversation, someone like Jake Roberts, the sort of quiet, low-key psychopath, rather than the, I'm going to get you, blah, 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 that kind of psychopath, might do wonders for Jay White. Uh, we also saw build-up yeah. for uh, Tomohiro Ishii against Minoru Suzuki, and uploaded to NJPW World was their recent Global Wars match, which you both had a chance to watch. Uh, what did you think of it? I heard people raving and and saying that it was one of the best matches they've ever seen live, and um, I don't, I don't, I thought it was good, but I don't think it was blow away great. I, I think it was a. Now I'm saying this with you know, you know, the standard is very high, right? So let's let's keep that in mind. But I, I felt like a, I don't want to say a cookie-cutter Ishii-Suzuki match, but a little bit it did. And it felt like I was seeing, you know, oh, here's the, here's your your elbows, you know, strike exchange spot. And here's your kick-out-a-big-move spot. Um, it felt a little bit like that. It didn't have the dramatic elements that I I am usually accustomed to. It felt a little bit, and again, it, it is a very high paint-by-numbers, but it felt a little bit paint-by-numbers to me. How about you? Yeah, I felt the same. I mean, we've seen much better matches from both people this year, so obviously you can't slaughter them for, you know, quote-unquote, taking it easy in a match like this, but... I think they definitely were leaning very heavily on the crowd brawling and the chair spots and the referee shenanigans and the trade in the forearms and the slaps and all that stuff. And there was very little actual wrestling to sink your teeth into. Yeah, uh, they did, like I said, the brawl, brawling in the crowd, the, 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 the strike exchange. And again, that, that's, that's, an, that's an Ishii match, right? I mean, we, we know that we see that a lot, with, especially in Ishii and Suzuki. Um, Again, it felt like maybe a level down than than maybe a Japanese main event, right? Um, maybe a, a not. And again, I'm saying that knowing full well that's that's still a great match, it's still a great match. But I just think it was a, like a notch below uh, what might be a you know a I don't want to say a main event at a Japanese show. I hate to say it, but uh, but here's the thing, Rev Pro. They they are the fans of that promotion. They are they are some lucky sons of bitches. Cause uh again, if you're looking at the Ring of Honor relationship compared to the, the Rev Pro relationship, to me, I think it's a night and day kind of thing. You know? Look look at that, that Ring of Honor tour with New Japan. It's the same it's Los Ingo Bernables. Kushida, and I'm sure Lager will show up too. And those aren't bad wrestlers, don't get me wrong, but you know, you're not getting a wide variety. You're not getting a Suzuki versus Ishii match. Or uh boy, what did I, what did I see earlier? Kojima against um Walter. Who was it? Uh well, oh, right. I mean, while you know, it's you know, it's not Kojima of of 10 years ago, still. And that's that's a that's a fresh matchup in my mind. In my eyes. I, I would I would kill for that. Rev Pro gets gets is getting a a a solid end of the deal. I don't know why it's such a struggle. I don't know now. 
there ha- there there have been whispers to me, and I and again, that whisper doesn't necessarily mean that it is truthful, right? But it's I, I I'm going to share it with you that that could be, you know, I don't want to say politicking, but it, it could be, right? Um, that's involved there. You look at those Ring of Honor shows; it's it's those usual black T-shirt pro wrestlers coming out, right? Uh, just saying, it does seem weird that that Ring of Honor doesn't get nearly half as good a lineup as the, the Rev Pro. And again, again, it might be money, it might be this, it might be that. But I, had, I, I had heard some whispers, so uh, you know, take it for what it's worth. I will say as well, for uh, as far as Rev Pro are concerned, that Rev Pro British Heavyweight Championship, I think, is one of the uh, more well booked heavyweight titles, and. Uh, just in terms of the number of people who've won it. So it was created and debuted in uh, September of 2012. And they've only had eight champions over the that period of time. So we've had uh, Ishii, Suzuki, Shibata, Shah Samuels, AJ Styles, Colt Cabana, Marty Scott, and Zack Sabre Jr. So for a company that's not the biggest in the world, for them to have that amount of patience and long-term thought and booking behind their heavyweight title is quite refreshing. I'd love to, and again, maybe I just have to reach out to uh, my my uh, our fans out there in uh, England. Why I wonder why progress. I mean, I'm sure you know having a WWE affiliation doesn't hurt, but progress seems to be you know a little bit more buzzy than than the Rev Pro. Um, I wonder why that is. I wonder what the feeling is there of of progress versus. Um, Rev Pro. I wonder if there's a lot of crossover. I wonder if there's a lot of uh, people who maybe I got to listen to that Brit Roundtable on the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Maybe they'll dig a little deeper into uh, why why progress seems to be uh, getting a little bit more buzz than the Rev Pro because the Rev Pro to me, um, for for a New Japan fan, it's really a really a nice fit. They they really get some nice matches there. Um, I wonder that relationship. Yeah, I don't want to step on their toes. I'm sure that's a conversation that uh, they would probably be better informed about than me. But it just seemed to me that progress is like the, the sort of the, or was the counterculture, like the sort of the punk rock uh, wrestling choice. But now they're sort of co-opted by WWE, so I'm not sure how true that is anymore. But uh, anyway, that's that's my two pence worth. Uh, next story from the undercard is this Taichi Osprey Goto situation. So Will Osprey's injured; he oh. will not be able to make it to the show. So we had an angle to deal with this, and very big "Let's Go Taichi" chance from Karakuen. There were a lot of people cheering for Taichi. So Taichi ran a, a Twitter poll. So Goto asked for a title shot. Taichi said no. Then Taichi ran a Twitter poll, and the choices of the Twitter poll were uh, Goto, anyone but Goto. Wait for display to come back, and he might have meant Osprey. Or number four, just get rid of the belt. So, uh, in the end, uh, we have a Goto versus Taichi rematch added to Power Struggle, which is, of course, Cartwheel Deathmatch 2. Oh, no! Oh! All right. Uh, So, you're challenging me to another Cartwheel Deathmatch. Is that what this is? Are you man enough to accept the challenge? Oh, <laughs> oh fuck. Oh, shit. Um, 
This one has me worried, actually. Um, oh, boy. All right. I got to get a fucking set, right? Time, time to put on big boy pants, right? Time to fucking man up. I've been, I've been, I've been challenged. <sighs> yes, I accept the cartwheel deathmatch challenge. And you might hear <laughs> that someone is uh, very excited about that possibility. <laughs> yeah, I heard. Yeah, scampy with the with the appropriate meow at the right spot. Yeah, let's do it. Um, but here's the thing. Uh, I will admit that this one has me frightened because I think that given the stakes that are at hand, I think I think Taichi has is is the one that's going to have a lot to prove uh, and wants to prove. I am not excited to see Goto in this match. It is everything that I did not want to see. I would have voted anyone but Goto. Um, and, and it is disappointing that Will is still banged up that he can't make this. So, Fuck. Um, all right, I'll do it. Let's do it. We're going to do the cartwheel death match. Actually, this will be three because we did have an impromptu Jim Ross one. Um, so this will be cartwheel death match three, but really two. Let's, let's be honest. But um, Okay, let's do it. Uh, exciting times here on the J-Cast. Cartwheel death match two. Um, I, look, I know they were in a pickle. There's nobody else that could have challenged Tai Chi. I'm rooting for Tai Chi, by the way. I, 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 I've, I've never rooted for him in anything in my life. But I am all team Tai Chi on this match. I want to, I want him to pin Goto clean in the middle of the fucking ring. That's what I want. Yeah, me too. Because Goto, he's just stuck in never openweight title hell. And I want him to get out of that. So... Also, I was a bit disappointed when they announced this because I was worried that they were trying to get the belt off Taichi because when that match was cancelled, I thought, right. great. One, we're getting a, a Taichi title match at Wrestle Kingdom and two, that obviously means we're getting a Taichi entrance at Wrestle Kingdom and I was hoping that uh, the musicians who perform his excellent music pageant, I don't know how to pronounce it because but I'm not even going to try. But uh, I really... Come on, Lanny Poffo, let's go. <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> let me give you the spelling of this group, and maybe you can help me out with this. All right, let me give it a pen. All right, let me see. i got to get something right. Hold on, hold on. Uh, pen, pen, pen. All right, let's... Uh... All right, go ahead. Okay, this is three words. Uh, first one, first word is M-O-I. M-O-I. So, I'm going to go with Moi. I was going to go moi. I thought it might be them going with the French oh. style. Okay, so already we're dissenting here. Right. Second word, uh, D-I-X. Dix. <laughs> moi dix. Moi d- right? Okay. It makes sense to me so far. <laughs> the fourth, the third, I've lost count. Uh, the third word is M-O-I-S. M-O-I-S. Moi. It, it, this is definitely French. No, isn't that the plural of... So it means more dicks more. No. Um, no, I don't know what that means. Go um, on, g- give me your pronunciation then. Mo- Is it Moi Dicks Moi? I'm going to go Moi. <laughs> moi. Yep, the, the Philadelphia enemy. It's Moi Dicks Moi's. Yep, Moi, moi Dicks Moi's. I'm, I'm going with that. What do you. What, moi. Moi. Well, isn't like Grand Prix? Like, is it like. It would it be. You're you're regurgitating Lanny Poffo here. That was his line on the, the broadcast about Grand Prix meaning big prize in French. 
Ah, see, we're, 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 I could slide right into that booth, too. Okay. I'm like a broadcasting superstar tonight. I, I, I'm working for Arsenal. I'm going to slide right in there with my Grand Prix. Uh, my, my, my brother always used to say, we, it, it was an uh, Atari video Grand game, Pricks. Uh, called Grand Prix. Yeah, he would always say Grand Prix, and I'd be like, "It's not Grand Prix, you stupid! It's Grand Prix, you fuck." All right. Okay, yeah. I, I think it's French. I'm going to go with the elegant French pronunciation. Uh, moi dis moi. That's going to be my guess. There you go. But I quite like moi dix moise. That's that's more fun. Yeah. By the way, that's our new T-shirt. By the way. <laughs> what does that mean in French? Moi dix moi. Moi. That's me. This is ten. Moi is that months? Is it me ten months? Uh, How's your uh, French? Uh, yeah, a uh, shit. My um, oh, actually, my Spanish was worse. So when I was in like seventh grade, my Spanish teacher gave me a B. Like, so you know, you have your levels. Uh, a B. Oh, C, not like a, a B, bumblebee. Best, B, I thought it was like here, have this, Damon. Oh no, no letter. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. No, it was a letter, a letter grade. Um, she, I, I had a C. I had an average, average. Um, but she gave me the points to get a B. Literally gave it to me if if I promised not to take Spanish <laughs> too, right? So uh, next year I was French one, and I stunk there too. Um, uh, but but here's the thing: my French teacher, he was just like a nut. He was just uh, like just like a real loose cannon. So the the, the trick was was when he would co- like just ramble into class with the bell would ring, he would just be like all stammered, like all flustered and everything. And then you would be like, oh, I won't name his name. I'll just be like, Mr. C. Uh, uh, Mr. C, did you see something on the news about blah, blah, blah? And then he would just go off on a rant. And it would be great for an hour. He would just go off on a rant. And then we would just be like, oh, bell rings. Class is <laughs> over. And it was the easiest trick A bit like our podcast. Um, it is. It really is. This, is. this is where I got it from, my French one class. All right. So get it. So Moy Dix Moy. All right, yeah. So we might get to see Moy Dix Moy um, performing live at the Tokyo Dome if – Tai Chi wins. So again, I I'm done with the whole Goto never open weight title matches. I want something different, but I'm kind of worried that they're going to try and take the belt off him. I was thinking possible directions for Wrestle Kingdom, maybe Goto against Ibushi, but yeah, come on, Tai Chi. I, I can't believe it's got to the point where Damon is cheering for Tai Chi. You, you've been yeah, hanging out with me not too even, long. I'm not, here's the thing: I'm not even wavering on that. Like I am 100% rooting. For Tai Chi to not only win, I don't want to like a little sneaky fucking. I want hit a move, whatever it may be, clean in the fucking middle. That is what I'm. I'm. I am all in on. Call John Carroll, get him on board. Get get. Uh, call the troops. Call the Tai Chi Twitter troops, because Damon's on board. Damon is on board. Brilliant. My my work here is done. I can quit the podcast now. Right, so uh, let's actually talk about the Super Junior Tag League. And recent results mean that Suzuki Goon and LIJ are both on 10 points. Roppongi 3K have got a match coming up on uh, Thursday against Kushida and Chris Sabin. And if they win that, it will be a three way tie with each team having uh, the tiebreaker over another. So there'll be like a, a rock, paper, scissors scenario. Now, um,. I think that's what they're going to go with. I think we're getting a three-way at Power Struggle. And this three-way, this LIJ, Suzuki-Gun, Roppongi 3K is a three-way that we've had twice before already uh, at Sakura Genesis and the anniversary show, which was uh, all the same people involved except Hiromu instead of Shingo. So 
that's my fear. We're, we're going triple threat crazy in New Japan. Do you think the same that we're going to get a triple threat, or do you think uh, Rapongi 3K lose and are out of the title picture, and we get an Lij against Suzuki Goon straight tag match final at Power Struggle? Yeah, I'm going to say somebody causes the upset. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to go Rapongi lose, cause an upset. And we'll see a singles match. I'm hoping. I hope we don't do a fucking three-way. I mean, look, three-ways are bad enough when it's just single. When you get tags involved. Again, you're just cramming eight pounds of shit in a five-pound bag. There's no... Uh, there's no... I mean... Uh, I'd rather... And here's the thing. I, I, I want Rapungi 3K to do well in this, right? Because we're trying to heat them up a little bit. But like, like I don't not at the expense of just having a regular singles match. Um, but so so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hold out hope and say not no, we're not gonna go three way. We're gonna go single Bullet Club, Lij uh, final, and and we can go from there. Okay, and uh, Suzuki going Lij final, right? And then. My, my so uh, and then you're saying Shingo and Bushi win and then challenge again. So that would mean we get three um, Lij versus Suzuki Gun Junior tag matches within a very yeah. short space of time. It does. It would. All right, you're talking me out of it. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to stick with it. I mean, why not? It's the fucking... So Rapongi 3K have nothing guy. for Wrestle Kingdom then? Or nothing significant? I mean... Because to me, they seem like stars. They they are main eventing these Karakuen shows. The crowd love them. They're getting a lot of shine. Whereas earlier in the year, they didn't. This seems like a good time to heat them back up. Do you really think that they would just say, okay, you can sit this show out, lads? Well, here's the thing. I think it's pigeonholed, I mean, because Kushida took a fall to Ishimori, correct? Yes. Okay. So I think, you would think that the, the, the normal progression, and again, it's already November here, kids. You know, we don't have that much time left. They could stick in a, a, a Ishimori-Kushida title defense. Yes, they could. But right, we'll stick it in where? I, re- I, I mean, somewhere in between now and and. Okay. Don't, maybe, right? Like world well, maybe one of final these, or something like that. World, exactly. Right. It could happen. Can't say it won't, but I would say the odds are that it would be at the dome, right? So if that's the case, if they do hold that off till the dome, Ishimori has something to do. Kushida has something to do. What, what do we do? What are we doing with Shingo and Bushi? Or are we doing another never six man title match? Yeah, maybe you give Evil a singles match, and then you have Sonada, Bushi, Shingo in the never title match. But then that means you've got to take those never six man title belts off of Ishimori and God because they presumably won't be dropping the heavyweight tag titles, and you've got to have your six man gauntlet match because that's an easy way to get a lot of bodies on the show. Right, I mean that's that's Fale spot, you know. That's the, you know, the you know, God spot. Um, 
which leads me more to believe. So we got to get the never six man titles off of God and Ishimori. Uh, God, right before the dome. If Ishimori is defending or is challenging for the junior, yeah, title, because also right? then God would have to defend the heavyweight tag titles because uh, presumably they're not going to have another title defense in between now and the right. dome, and they're not going to have two matches at WrestleMania. Right. right, right. So I I'm going to say it's a safe guess that there's going to be a defense of those six man titles before the dome to get those titles off of them, right? Because then that frees up. G.O.D. to to defend the tag titles, right? Because they are the tag champions, (laughs) remember. Uh, And Ishimori to challenge for the junior heavyweight title, right? And then L.I.J. I wouldn't be surprised if L.I.J. finds a way to win those titles. So it would be Sonata, Evil, and uh, uh, Shingo defending those never six-man titles against somebody. Does that make, make sense? Right. And then what is your junior uh, heavyweight tag Michael match tag? for Wrestle Kingdom? I mean, I guess we're doing a, I guess we're doing a three-way with Rapongi coming up on top, right? So what, Rapongi 3K against Kanemaru and Desperado against yeah. whom? Hmm. I mean, do you think we're doing a three-way at the dome, or we're doing a? Th- no, I, I thought I think we're know. getting the three-way power struggle, and right. I think Rapongi three K win the three-way at power struggle, right? And right. then we get Rapongi three K against Canavan and Desperado Versus opening match at, at the, the dome. dome, yeah. And then finally Rapongi three K get their win. That's correct. That's that is it. That is it. We did it, everyone. Um, we solved it. We did it. Yeah. So again, just to wrap that up in a bow, uh, the never titles have to be dropped before the dome. I would predict it would be an Lij that would give them something to do. Ishimori challenges for the junior title against Kushida that gives him something to do. Uh, Rapungi three K. Six or you know three way schmas power struggle win challenge uh, Kanemaru and Desperado for the junior tags away we go all right so uh, yesterday in there was a show in Koryama and we only got one match uploaded single cam we got uh, the uh, tag league match Liger and Tiger losing to Desperado and Kanemaru so that's the end of this uh, tag league for Liger and Tiger. What did you think of their output? And w- yeah. would you like to give them a, a report card grade? Sure. Um, we all knew where this they were going to lie. They, they, they did what was asked of them to do, right? So, again, everybody might have got a, gotten a little excited at the challenge of uh, or the idea of them uh, performing well. But as, as we've heard before, they are what they are. Um, so with that being said, expectations might not have been super high, but I thought they did well. Uh, and I enjoyed every one of their matches. I don't think there was one where I was giving a thumbs down. So I'll go with uh, we're going one to ten or we're doing letter grade. Um, you choose this time. All right. I'll do a number because there's a wider range to, 
So I'll give them a 6.5 for their effort. Maybe even a 7 if I'm, if I'm generous. So uh, I go 6.57 for Liger and Tiger. Now, uh, I found a really interesting chart on Twitter by uh, a listener of ours. Uh, I believe a Japanese listener at Kunisaito188 who made this chart with a, an algorithm to calculate who's the MVP of the tournament. So the algorithm is that if you score a pin or a submission, you get one point. And if you're on the winning team, but you didn't score the win, you get half a point. And likewise, if you take the losing pin for you lose one point. And if you're on the losing team, but didn't take the losing pin for you lose half a point. Does that make sense? Yes, so it does. Yes, it does. Um, looking at this chart so far, the, Let's just deal with the team we're talking about at the moment. Uh, the second least valuable player in the whole Junior Tag League is Jushin Thunder Liger. He's sitting at minus 3.5 points. And Tiger Mask is sitting on minus 2 points. So are you at all surprised that Liger is the second least valuable person in the league as it stands? Or is that just a sign of where he is in the company now? Yeah, where he is in the company. That's okay. I mean, that doesn't surprise me one bit, but... Um, I think it's here's the thing. Here's what here's what it really speaks volumes. What a, what a professional he is. You know, he doesn't give a fuck. He's going to put people over and put talent over, and you know, that, you know, he's fine with that. He, he's he's okay with that role, and good for him. Um, no, doesn't surprise me one bit. Okay, and let's move on to the champions, uh, El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. And on this chart, right, um, the most valuable person in the entire tag league is El Desperado, who has got four points. He has picked up all four of the pins for his team, obviously with a little uh, Suntory surprise assist from his buddy Kanemaru. And I got some good info from my friend at Ingobernables20. Ever since Desperado and Kanemaru became champions, El Desperado's picked up the win every single time they're in a match together, whether it be title match or not, whilst Kanemaru took all the losses. In their four title matches, yeah. Desperado has pinned Show twice, Hiromu, and recently Tiger Mask. So, firstly, your thoughts on Desperado and Kanemaru as a team in this tournament and about this seemingly bit of a push that uh, El Desperado is receiving. Yeah, I like that. That's a, that's a, that's an interesting fact. I like when people come up with these kind of things, these little tidbits. Uh, we'll call it the, uh, the wrestling analytics community. Uh, I like that. So... Uh, you know, if you look back and we talk about, you know, that team and specifically how everybody likes to jump on the how improved El Desperado is, um, that kind of speaks volumes to that, right? It's kind of like the proofs in the pudding and the company kind of feels that way too. Um, I did not recognize the fact that it was Kanemaru who takes most of the – well, all the falls from what you're telling me uh, when it does occur and, and they're protecting El Desperado. Um, does that mean we'll see him in the future uh, challenging for a title? That'd be nice. I wouldn't mind that. Uh, interesting facts, though. Uh, and again, per- performing well here. And again, you knew the champions were going to do well. They can't lose, um, uh, you know, a lot. Or they started out. They struggled out. You know, they started out struggling, um, but then picked up. So no, uh, you know, when you when you when you lay out the data like it is um it makes sense it kind of the eye test and the data kind of speak to el desperado and the faith that they have in him. yeah i would give their team um an eight out of ten i think because i think eight 
Yeah, I think that's too high. I could, I've really enjoyed their output. I, I like them as a team. I like the fact that they are genuine heels and the fact that they cheat. Mm-hmm. And also very much enjoyed their match on Saturday against Shingo and Bushi. And we got a nice little tease. We had the mask ripping going on with Desperado and Bushi. Desperado unmasking Bushi. I thought that was really cool and possibly setting up something in the future. Because I know there'd been talk of uh, Dragon Lee and El Desperado maybe doing mask versus mask stuff. And it looks like maybe that's off the table for now with Dragon Lee has become a bit of a celebrity back in Mexico. But uh, El Desperado versus Bushi, mask versus mask could be something to... Uh, look forward to in the future but those two teams had a really good match and I think something we discussed last week Desperado and Kanemaru have had a really good year they've done a great job um, keeping stability in this junior tag title division Uh, they've been good champions and I think they deserve their big match at Wrestle Kingdom Um, whether or not they win the, the, the match there is another matter but I think they've earned that spot on the card yeah I think it's a big fat loss honestly I mean, they, they're, they're one of the longest reigning champions, aren't they? I mean, they've had the, these junior belts what feels like uh, quite a while, right? Let me look it up. All right. You know, I, I'll ramble on, but I think they lose them at, uh, at Wrestle Kingdom. They'll defend uh, the titles and be unsuccessful at, at Wrestle Kingdom. But, yeah, you're right. I think this tag team has been uh, – here's the thing. It's, it's been a stabilitating force for those junior belts because, again, it feels like hot potato, hot potato, and that's one of those belts that traditionally has been. But, um, and again, as Joel types away. I found it. March the 6th. Data. Okay. So almost almost mm. a year. That's a, that's a long time for the junior titles, right? Feels like that's a long time. So good for them. Uh, I think they've, they've done well, and uh, I would go, am I going an eight? Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm seven, eight. I'm in that range. I mean, what's what's a what's a what's a what's a what's a what's a, what's a little spot? Seven, eight range. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Good. All right. Do you, do you want to do lost? a bit of IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship trivia? Who do you think is who, who has the longest combined days reign as champion? It's actually two people tied for it. Okay. Uh, my first guess will be. Uh, I'll say Apollo 55. No. Of uh, Taguchi and... and uh, okay. Uh, Taguchi Togu- is third and Devitt is fifth. Okay. And we're talking uh, the junior tag, yes. right? Okay. okay. Uh, is, is, is it Desperado and, and Kanemaru? No. Uh, Desperado is 21st and Kanemaru is 14th. Mm, okay. Uh, how about Takahashi and Naito? Huh? Yeah. I, I just want to make sure you're, we're clear on the question. This is the longest oh, yeah. uh, combined days champion for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. Okay. Uh, la, 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 Liger. He's fourth. Okay. Tiger Mask? Uh, Tiger Mask, 44th. He's right at the bottom. Jesus Christ. Well, what the fuck? All right, you're going to have to help me with this one. Oh, you're going to kick yourself. Gado and Jado. 
Ah, motherfucker. 960 combined really? days. Yeah. Four reigns and 15 combined defences. Oh. All right. Well, swing and a miss from Damon on that one. <laughs> I would not have guessed that. Wow. Okay. Interesting fact. All right. What else we got? Uh, okay. So today's match was uh, Taguchi and ACH, uh, Funky 69, losing to Bushingo, LIJ, uh, Bushi and... Shingo Takagi. So uh, Taguchi and ACH finish on six points. Um, Bushingo on ten points. So what did you make of Super Sixty Nine in this tournament? Good. Uh, they made yeah they main evented uh, that Cork and Hall show uh, a few shows ago. Uh, was that the first Papo show? Might have been. Uh, I like that match a lot. I like that match a lot. Look, I, I think. Again, we've said it a trillion times, but if Taguchi gets the tap, he can go. And ACH is great and. Um, but we, I think even before this was fleshed out, we kind of figured they would be in that middle of the road pack and, um, not in the finals mix. So, uh, I would give them a, I give them a seven. I think that they're very good. I'm going to give a six because the Taguchi comedy stuff grated on me, uh, quite a lot in this tour, but, uh, definitely that match on Friday night. The, the main event against Roppongi 3K was great. And that was yeah. serious to Gucci towards the end of it and winning with a Karakuan suplex hold. And yeah, it's just kind of frustrating that we don't see as much proper wrestling from him as I would like. Although I, I do accept that a lot of people enjoy the comedy stuff. He's got a nice gimmick, right? And gimmick in a sense of, you know, he, what does he do all year, right? He comes out, does his Taguchi Japan nonsense and you know his ass play and <laughs> or hip attack or whatever you want to call it uh, uh you know and he and he's you know he has a nice little role throughout the entire year and then once or twice throughout the year he's asked he gets the tap um that's 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 you know probably the smartest guy in the promotion at this point um working that i sign me up right if i seriously at work listen joel just just you know Get the kids to laugh, have, make them have smile, make them have a good time. Once a year, we, we need you to teach them something, right? And they need to be tested on it. And you take that gig every day of the year, right? That's pretty much what I do. Most of the time, I just show them videos of Scampi. <laughs> there you go. Like, where, where, where can I sign up for that gig? I need that in my life. All right. Uh, this well, LIJ team, so uh, Shingo Takaki and Bushi. Uh, now, there's been a lot of interesting stuff. I've been well, listening to uh, Joe Lanza with his uh, Patreon-exclusive um, post-show podcasts, and he's mentioned about Shingo adapting to the New Japan house style very quickly. So um, he's established his three big moves. He's got his Pumping Bomber, his Noshigami, and the Last of the Dragon. And... Again, some really, really excellent matches. I think LIJ have probably had some of the best matches in this tournament. They had a great match uh, against Ishimori and Eagles, and they did a really good job with that because they'd uh, established uh, the Ron Miller special previously. And, you know, I'll touch on that when I talk about the other team, the Bullet Club team. But that won the match against Tiger and Liger previously, where with the 450 splash onto Liger's leg, and then the Ron Miller special, and then Liger taps out. And they did the exact same thing on Bushi, and the camera angle was great. So you thought that uh, Bushi was going to tap out. You thought Bullet Club were going to get the win. And then Shingo just comes out of nowhere and just flattens 
uh, eagles with uh, his, his little sliding lariat thing. So that was really, really cool. I enjoyed that a lot. And I thought Ishimori and Shingo had really good chemistry, so I'm excited about the possibility of them getting a singles match in the future. Um, I've enjoyed Bushi's mask, actually. A lot of Hiromu tribute masks. He's had Kamataichi mask. He's had a, a time yeah. bomb mask with a, the timer on the top and the dynamite in the mouth. And uh, I mentioned on Twitter, I think this is some of Bushi's best work in recent memory. I find him a lot more interesting in this tag team with Shingo than I do in his singles matches. And obviously, he hasn't been given that many chances as a singles wrestler this year. But I think this tag team has uh, rejuvenated him and I'm enjoying their work a lot yeah. more. So I would give this team, uh, I might give him a 9 out of 10. Uh, yeah, I'm going nines. Um, and again, I think this is when you touch on Bushi, you know, having Shingo in there to kind of protect him a little bit, uh, you you can see you know, Bushi doesn't have to do it all, right? Because sometimes that gets that gets a little hairy. Sometimes that gets a little, uh, you know, so, you know, there's there's plenty that can go wrong. Shingo can do that heavy lifting. Um, and again, I, I'm not surprised that he's acclimated so well to the New Japan world and the New Japan style and the New Japan way of doing things. Guy's a pro. Guy's, you know, he's not a fresh apple from the tree. He's been around a while. Um, and even working, you know, your All Japan you know, Carnival, for Christ's sake. So it's not as though uh, there there's a steep learning curve for him. He, he, he would be able to pick that up rather quickly. So, um Again, having him in a tag to kind of protect Bushi from his flaws and his, uh, again, uh, his the, the issues that we have with him, uh, and he can shine and do the things that he like uh, that we like about him, makes it all, all the better. Um, I'm going nine for them as well. I've enjoyed everything that they've done. Again, I th- I said he's a perfect fit for Lij. It doesn't feel like it's shoehorned in where a lot a lot of factions feel like. Oh, okay, well, they they're, they're <laughs> doesn't feel right, doesn't feel smooth. Uh, this this does. I'm a little disappointed that um, again when we talk about predictions and we talk about projections toward Wrestle Kingdom, seeing him in a six man environment, if that's what we have projected for him, I would love to see a little bit more of a spotlight shined on him. And maybe we do. Again, maybe this is all just speculation on our part, and we have it all wrong. But um, I would love to see him in a singles match on a, on a big stage like the Dome. But uh, a lot of talented people in the juniors. You can't everybody can't have this, the moment in the spotlight. But uh, yeah, like I, I can't wait for bigger things to happen. Yeah, best of Super Juniors next year is definitely a, a mouthwatering proposal, even at this early stage. But uh, I do want to talk about Bushi a bit more because he made some very interesting comments about the junior tag division. Back in 2016, so Bushi said, I'd really like for that junior tag division to be rebalanced and refocused on. It's all these opening matches with three or four teams, all of them foreign, and that kind of gaijin playground isn't something people can get behind. I wouldn't even say I want a Japanese partner per se, I can speak Spanish, but I want to enter that scene and make an impact. The issue I have right now is that the junior tag scene has become the bathroom break match, you know? They're doing these phenomenal things, but... It's like watching the World Cup. It's the top level of soccer. Everyone's phenomenal, great. But does everyone want to watch teams they aren't interested in? You're only going to watch if you're already a hardcore soccer fan. And if it's something New Japan are doing, it should have regular New Japan roster members in it. So this was the the genesis of these uh, stories and belief that Bush is difficult to work with. So I was having an interesting discussion again with my friend out in Gobernabas 20. He's uh, the premier authority on Los Los Ingobernables de Japón. 
And the gist of this is that basically back then, Bushi's very critical of the foreign juniors. It says that they're the piss break match. None of the fans cared. At the same time, he's fighting for the belt. Some people find it boring. And this is a, a kayfabe interview, but said at a time when LIJ was pretty new. They were saying edgy things in a kind of workshoot style. But I wonder if uh, the Young Bucks presumably saw this, thought it was a shoot, and I would guess that's how it got back to Meltzer. And then we get this narrative about Bushi being hard to work with and not liking foreigners. So it seems like Bushi was more critical of the booking of the junior tag division, not the actual wrestlers themselves. And now you've got to say the booking of the junior tag division and just the tag division in general is considerably better over the last two years. They've added more Japanese guys to the mix ever since Bushi said what he had to say. So what do you make of it? Well, one, I, I would agree with him because that's been here's here's me using the word that I hate the narrative, right? You know, we go back to you know when Kushida was relaunching the uh, Super J Cup, not the Super J Cast, the Super J Cup, um, and he had always mentioned that the juniors were bathroom break matches, and he wants to establish the juniors and the junior scene as being just as credible as. The heavyweights, and that's something that we've always said before. That you know, the the idea of juniors and heavyweights, that line needs to blur and blur quickly because you're right, the talent is there, but again, the fans don't care, and if the promotion don't make make the fans care, then uh, then what's it worth? Now, with that being said, you know, the feedback that I would get from some pro wrestlers was that he was not difficult to work with in the sense of he was just had an attitude or he had like a, uh, you know, some negative things to say about certain aspects of the, of the business. It was more of in ring. Right. So I don't know if, if that is the case where, you know, young bucks, you know, heard something and I don't know that to be true or not. Uh, the, the issues that people had with Bushi, from my understanding, was an in-ring issue uh, when we talked about difficult to work with. But and, and and we say that in air quotes in the sense of you know maybe working with other people is a little bit easier or a little bit hard. Who knows, right? But that's something that was communicated to me, and then I heard Meltzer kind of regurgitate that back as well. So um, from from obviously maybe a different person, I don't know. Anywho. Um, Look, I think it's a good thing, and I think he has a valid point, right? Because it's something that we've said for for shows. We've said the same thing, um, and I think it's okay for him to say something like that. That's fine. I don't think it ruffles too many feathers. I think it's it's, it's having goals for you – know, he's not going to be a heavyweight anytime soon. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he wants a bigger piece of the pie, and, and for everybody, that is a junior. So, well, I think it's a good thing. All right, um, let's go to the next team then. So uh, this Wednesday in Nagano, we've got Volador and Soberano taking on Ishimori and Eagles. Uh, both teams are eliminated. Uh, Volador and Soberano have got two points. Ishimori and Eagles have six points. And let's talk about this Team CMLL because I'm seeing a lot of criticism of Soberano. Uh, people saying that he's sloppy and he's not performing as well as he does in Mexico. And then countering to that, we've got a lot of angry Lucha fans who decided... That to, to bring up Kawato, saying that, oh, well, Kawato's been rubbish in CMLL, like it was some sort of defense of Sobrano, which I thought was a bit strange. Like, why why can you not just criticize one thing without bringing up the other thing? Like, they, they can both be bad. Like, that's okay. Uh, it, it just seemed like a, a weird sort of tribalistic yeah, but, but thing. They're, yeah, they're both working different styles, right? It's a completely different style. You're working a completely different side of the body. 
Uh, and again, good pro wrestlers are able to adapt in that environment. But again, let's not you know, you know, it, both of those people that you mentioned, they're 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 working completely different styles. That that's hard to do. You know, when you're you, I mean, I, I hate to use a, a baseball analogy, but imagine you know being a right-handed hitter and then now being asked, okay, bat from the left side now. And so that's really the equivalent of what's happening here. Um, you know, sloppiness, okay. But, Understand what's going on in that ring, though. It's not not an easy thing to to work one side all your life, and then all of a sudden flip it and, and reverse it, smack it down, flip it, rub it down. Oh, Did no. you notice that? Did you think Sobrano's sloppy? Um, no, I didn't. I wouldn't say sloppy. I would just say. I mean, I, again, there's a big difference between like. I'm not going to name names, but, you know, a worker who might be, you know, working for six, seven years and and working sloppy as opposed to a guy who's working guys he's never really worked before. And if he does, he works them once a fucking year for maybe one time uh, in a completely different style. Um, I think there's there has to be some kind of a curve for that. Coato, uh, you know, as much as everybody wants to bang on him and his time in CMLL, you know, it's it's not an easy thing. It really isn't. It's not. An, I, I can't imagine it being an easy thing. And I know there's people that make that transition a little bit easier, but uh, I can't. I can't judge Kawato with his his future growth as a pro wrestler by how he performs in CMLL. I, I just I can't do that. It just because again, I just it, it he's. It's a completely different style. He's batting left-handed right now when, when usually he's a righty. So a um, little grain of salt, people. A little grain of salt. Okay, so your thoughts overall on Team CMLL? Um, lots of, you know, they, they, they've been fine. Um, I'm not – I would probably go 5-5, five, five, right? Nobody thought they were brought in to, to, to do anything but be uh, a, a little international flavor to a tournament. Um, and and do jobs. That's that's what they're there to do. Um, the matches haven't been spectacular. They've been okay. Um, but I wouldn't go so far as to say sloppy. I think that's uh, that's a stretch for me. So I'll give them a five. Okay, and then their opponents then coming up on Wednesday, the Bullet Club team of Taiji Shimori and Robbie Eagles. So I've already given um, a bit of praise to Robbie Eagles and the way he's managed to establish his finishing move, that uh, Rob Miller special. And... Another thing I've noticed about Robbie Eagles, he screams a lot. Maybe he's been hanging out with Will Ospreay too much. A lot of like, no, 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 when he's on the ropes. And I don't know, that <laughs> I found that slightly jarring. So, uh, what, yeah. what do you think of What do you think of his look? Do you think Does he look a bit shindy to you? I like it. Shindy be- meaning? Uh, like, kind of low budget and amateurish. Oh, like indie? Like, uh, yeah, did, like is that an amalgamation of shit indie? Have you heard? Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> I think so. Okay, there you go. And now I'm with you. Um, no, I, I actually, I, I think they look really kind of fucking badass as a team, to be honest with you. Um, I love Ishimori in the way that he is just so fucking compact and like almost like a, like he's like a junior Ishii to me. He's just so fucking fire plug. Um. No, I don't. I don't. I don't mind his look. I. Uh, I don't. I mean, 
I, I could see where people could, could, could think that, but I don't. I think that's a good look. I like it. I like it. And I think he's done well. Um, I think the tag team has done well. I want to see more of him there. Um, but here's the thing. The problem is is that, that it feels like that junior space is a little crowded. So I don't know how how soon we'll see him back. But uh, no, I think he's I think he's done fine first tour. I yeah, I, I enjoyed um, this. I, I would give them uh, 7.5 out of 10. I've enjoyed their matches a lot. They've got good chemistry, um, yeah, good, good pace, nice moveset. Seven. Seven. I'll go seven. Yeah. Okay. And finally, on Thursday in Shizuoka, we will have uh, Time Machine, Kushida and Chris Sabin with six points taken on Rapongi 3K, who have eight points. So uh, let's talk about Time Machine. They're eliminated, and Rapongi 3K have a tiebreaker over Suzuki Goon, but not LIJ. Uh, so sticking with Time Machine, we actually a question here from Nikki. Do we all agree Kushida has to stop doing 30 second full on armbar spots? It's terrible. <laughs> um uh, uh depends on depends on your tastes. I don't I don't hate it. Um I I will say this though, even though every match that I have seen has been good, did you expect a little bit more out of this team? Just it felt like they they were there the entire tournament. And there's nothing that really jars me and stands out for me. Anyway. Do you think a bit of it was maybe Kush- don't let Kushida get hurt before Tokyo Dome? Probably, probably, but that's see. Here's the thing, though. You got, you know, this started in October. In three months, we're going to protect someone. I mean, but, the, but here's the thing. You could say the same thing about Kenny Omega at this point, right? <laughs> I mean, um, I, uh, maybe. I mean, maybe that that was the thought process. Possibly. Um, I hate to have that protect guys kind of attitude, but. Um, Maybe, maybe that's the case, because because that's what it felt like to me. It felt like that they were there, and that nothing really was memorable coming coming from that team. And I think my expectations were a little bit higher. Um, so with that said, I'm going six for. Yeah, them. I'll give six as well. I think they worked hard to try to uh, establish that they had chemistry together with obviously the the Alex Shelley link, and they came up with some nice sort of quasi matching ring gear and some nice tag team moves. They were safe hands, but again, nothing spectacular. There aren't really any matches that are going to live in the memory, which I think could be said about most of these matches. I think once you right. get to the the single cam shows in the middle of nowhere, then they're all sort of around and about the gentleman's three range, and you can't kill them for that. You're not expecting them to go absolutely balls to the wall on a match that not a lot of people are going to see. But... Uh, yeah, it is what it is. I I had slightly higher expectations for this team and actually for the, the, the Tag League as well, which was fine. I, I've enjoyed the Tag League, but I did expect a little bit more out of it. I thought it was a good chance for certain people yeah, to paper. make a name for themselves. Yeah, on paper, it, it does sound sexier, but again, expectations and reality are, are, are sometimes two different things. And you're right. Why why is Chris Saban going to go out there and kill himself in the middle of nowhere? Uh, for a, you know, I hate to be that guy, but that that's that's really what we're looking at here. Uh, as as this moves forward and the matches get more important, the matches obviously will be better and reach a certain level with the, with the drama of the of the of the match and the work rate and all that stuff. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, again, on paper, it, it did seem sexier than what the results were. Yeah, and also tag leagues are generally a bit crap, aren't they? Yeah, in recent years. I mean, you know, back in the day, they they certainly had a lot more excitement. Um, all Japan seemed to do them really well with their tag uh, championship, their triple crown. Uh, well, not the triple crown, but you know what I mean, the tag the carnival thing they had every December. Um was it December that they had that then? I think so. I think it was December that they had their the all league tag championship. I think so. All right, I'll stop. <laughs> okay. Uh, final team then Rapongi 3K, who I, th- I think had a really good tournament, put on some really cracking main events, good matches with uh, Lij from the opening night. I thought that was excellent, and they had a really good match with uh, Super 69 on Friday night in the main event and just generally excellent stuff from Sho and Yo. Again, I'm going to give them 9 out of 10 as well. Yep. Um, I'm in uh, eight, high 8s, 9s, we'll say. Um, and, and to me, they were a highlight of the tour and they're putting in a position to to do well and hopefully do uh, something at the Dome. Uh, again, our predictions being to open it up. Um and then that would be two in a row for them, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm going to just quickly before we finish, go back to my chart because I forgot about the chart. So um, looking at the score so far, so uh, Kushida has a score of half a point and Chris Sabin has a score of minus half a point, which I think pretty much reflects their position in this tournament. Taguchi, one point. ACH, minus 2.5 points. So he's taken all the falls for that team. And Taguchi... He, he, so ACH took all three falls and Taguchi picked up all three wins. Uh, Volador, minus 1.5. Soberano, minus 4.5. So Soberano is the whipping boy of this tag league. So he has eaten five pinfalls in this thing. And Volador has been, quote-unquote, protected from that. Uh and Yo both sitting at 1.5 points. So... It's quite interesting that the way that they have spread out those wins amongst them. So you don't have one person getting all the pinfalls. Because I know in recent memory, Sho has been the one who's been singled out for a push. But here, uh, Yo has picked up two pinfalls as well. So, uh, or is it three pinfalls? Am I looking at this right? I don't know. Um, and Ishimori, <laughs> Eagle, Ishimori's got one point. Eagles have got minus one. So Ishimori picked up. Uh, two wins for his team. Uh, Eagles got the submission win on the, the first day, but then eight, three pinfalls after that. And uh, Bushi and Shingo, Bushi's got one point. Shingo has got three and a half points. So Shingo would be out in front uh, with Desperado were it not for Bushi getting that pinfall when they did their rebellion team move. So Bushi got the pinfall in the, the match before the, the previous match. So uh, some interesting takeaways there about who's getting pushed. So you look at Desperado and Shingo, those guys clearly getting a push, and also guys getting protected. So interesting stuff there from the uh, Super Junior Tag League, which we can wrap a bow on and move on to looking at the Power Struggle card. So this will be Saturday, uh, November the 3rd, at 5 o'clock in Osaka, in the Edion Arena. And matches announced so far. We've got Taichi against Hiroki Goto. Uh, we're both picking Taichi, yeah? I'm rooting Taichi. Um, and I got a... I mean, I'm hoping for over five. Right? I'm hoping for... Or excuse me, over four. Oh, if, it's over, if it's over... Let's put it this way. If this match is Can over you imagine? five, I'll, I'll go Six naked. Six stars! I'll go naked. I'll do a naked cartwheel. <laughs> I'll do a naked cartwheel on my front lawn. Um, 
and you can videotape it and put it wherever Top you want. Top rope Ganso uh, bombs from Taichi. <laughs> Uh, but I think the ceiling is four. Uh, so again, I hope it is. Um, I am worried, but uh, rooting interests are one hundred percent behind uh, your Lord and Savior Taichi. Uh, we've got the Rev Pro British Heavyweight Championship match, Ishii against Suzuki. Uh, I think Ishii retains that. I don't think they're going to keep flip flopping with that belt and hot potatoing it. Yeah, I'll go with a successful title defense as well. Um, it seems like Ishii goes, I, well, like you know, it seems like Ishii's the Rev Pro guy to me, right? Uh, even though Suzuki has been there many times as well. So, uh, yeah, I'll say a successful title. Defense, Do you think you'll sure. defend that Wrestle Kingdom? Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, no, uh, no. I mean, you look at that card, right? There's 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 a lot of people that have to be squeezed into that. I don't know how you got room for another fucking singles match. That's it's going to be a lot. I, I'm going to say no, uh, unfortunately. Okay, and IWGP Intercontinental Championship, Chris Jericho against Evil. Well, if if they don't get uh, food poisoning on the cruise, uh, <laughs> stay clear if, of icebergs. Uh, you know, that's right. You know. Uh, so safe navigation. Uh, hopefully everything works out okay there. Uh, we'll see Chris Jericho in a new Japan Pro Wrestling ring, kids, with an intercontinental title. And and fingers crossed we'll see uh, Evil win. I don't think we will, though. Unfortunately, I think uh, we see a successful title defense from Chris, uh, which leads to uh, Christopher and um, Naito. Head the door. And then the next match, Tetsuya Naito against Zack Sabre Jr. So presumably Naito gets his win here because Zack Sabre Jr. already has two wins over Naito this year from the New Japan Cup and the G1. So I don't think he's getting a third one. This is going to build up a bit of um, heat, as they say, for Naito to go on and challenge Jericho for the belt at the Dome. Right? Yeah, I would, I would, I would think that would be the case. So. Uh, there's a name that we haven't mentioned, and and wh- wh- where do we see this guy come out of uh, out of the uh, or, or into Wrestle Kingdom? I, I'm still what hoping we him? get uh, Suzuki and Zach winning the World Tag League. I think that would be really cool. Mm, that'd be fucking rad, wouldn't it? I'd like that. Uh, and then we see them against God. Maybe a tag title change. Ooh, all right. My, my, my pants are fucking dropping. All right. Uh, all right. So there you go. There's uh, that. We've got Hiroshi we got? Tanahashi and David Finley against Golden Lovers, Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi. And the mm-hmm. added story to this being that Finley uh, will be having a singles match with Kenny Omega at one of these US shows. I can't remember what it is. It's like Lions something or other. But a um, little caveat to that match. Okay. All right. Well, I think we know who's taking a fall there. Yeah. Sorry, David. <laughs> right. Right. Really no surprise there. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, it should be a good match, though. I think it'd be really good. Uh, all right. So far, so good. I like this card a lot. But We've got a tag got? match because each got Carter and Beretta against Jay White and Bad Luck Farley. So are you with me? Do you think Beretta is turning on Okada here and joining the Bullet Club? You think he's the mole? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I think Beretta's taking the fall. Right? A bad luck fall. Taking the fall here, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna say no turn. I'm gonna say no mole as of yet. I think that might be held off to maybe like a dash, possibly. But uh, I think uh, I think our boy uh, super heavyweight Tremperetta takes the fall here from Jay White. Um, no, I'm gonna say it's from Fale because Fale could use a, a a win, right? He could use a win. I'll say Fale, I'll say it's the bad luck fall that did it. All right, and the Super Junior Tag League final. So I think we're gonna get the three-way triple threat and I think Rapongi 3k will win probably pinning oh, I don't know it's either going to be Bushi or Kanemaru one of those two um, I'm going to go Kanemaru yeah I mean he's, he takes the fall for every fucking you know every title loss right uh, is, is him every every major match it's him keeps uh, LIJ looking strong and that'll lead Yep, keeps LIJ looking strong, and it gives Rapongi uh, a win going into the dome uh, against the champs. You know, a, pin, a pinfall. Yeah, I, I can see that happening. Sure, that that that's what I'll go with. I'm excited for this show. I think it's going to be good. This is a good show on paper. This is this this should really deliver. I'm excited for it too. Um, we need. Here's the thing. We need we needed something like this. We need something like this to talk about to divert our attention to the nonsense that's going on, the direction that. That unfortunately, listen, I, I we have our feelings, right? But, but, and I shared another one, a name that we all know, and I won't, I won't mention the name, but it's a name that every listener to this show knows, who who has expressed concern of the direction, right? So again, we're it's not just us. It's not like we're just we're just rambling on here. People are are people get to us and talk to us and share with us their feelings, and sometimes it's it's we're sharing the feelings of a collective community along with our own opinions. So uh, it's going to be a good show to talk about, and hopefully uh, it, it delivers, and I think it will, and we'll be talking about good stuff for New Japan leading into the most wonderful time of the year, award season. Right, so we got to talk about our awards, which are right around the corner. Because really, this is the last show that we really count when it comes to the awards. We don't really count a lot from the World Tag League because we just think you know anything but the finals is really going to be in contention for a match of the year, right? So it's it, this is it. This is this is this is where it is, and then we talk about award season, and then it's straight into the dome. So it's a good time to be a New Japan fan. Hopefully, uh, we'll have more to talk about in the weeks. To come. All right, so let's dip into some of the questions then. Uh, Discord. So Jeff says, hypothetically speaking, if New Japan did a Saudi Arabia deal out of the Fed, do you think you continue to support the company, or would that be cause to reevaluate? Um, personally, for me, it's not the isolated Saudi Arabia thing that sticks in the throat as much as the. The sort of speaking out of both sides of your mouth and pretending to be this voice of change and say, hey, look at this women's evolution thing whilst also simultaneously doing that. Like, if, if it was just doing the Saudi Arabia show without, you know, pissing in your pockets and telling you it's raining and all the propaganda and all that stuff, then that'd be one thing. But uh, uh, what about you, David? They, this, this, listen, this company has, has been this way for years. I, I'm shocked that people think otherwise, right? Um, 
they were never going to turn down that kind of money. They were hoping that people again, when when it's convenient for them to be a pro wrestling company, they're going to be a pro wrestling company. When it's convenient for them to be a, an entertainment conglomerate, they'll be an entertainment conglomerate. Right now, they are hoping to be a indie pro wrestling federation that goes under the radar and they just want to just just they're just hiding under their covers saying give me the money 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 um would if new japan did something like this and went about saying that they were there for social change okay let's 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 do this years ago anoki booked a show in north korea right and it was a huge event where people were made to go to this event now it's not as though New Japan went on there and 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 gave you the heavy-handed treatment of how great and but trust me, Anoki positioned himself as this world leader, bringing change to the countries and and through the through the art of pro wrestling. Let's not fool anyone on that. That happened, right? So, uh, I still follow New Japan Pro Wrestling, right to this day. So do I like when they do that? I certainly do not. And I think it's really questionable, right, uh, when they do that. But here I am doing a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast. So if that's hypocritical, that's hypocritical. I don't like the, the abuse of animals. I eat meat. Um, is that hypocritical? Yes, probably. Not probably. It is. Um, I'm a flawed human being. <laughs> I apologize. So, uh, but that's that. Let's not let's not say that every you know th- that the WWE is the only one to do something like this. Um, I would say New Japan has done something like this, and it's in a similar world. I can't say it's as dramatic, but it's it's you could put it in the same bucket. I don't I don't I don't think that's questionable. And next question, what would it take for each of you to lose interest in New Japan as a product, uh, booking only, and has Damon ever come close to stopping before? Yes, I have. Um, uh, if anybody knows anything about me, I, I uh, again, it's the old 11 or minus 1, and that's with everything in my life. So like, I'll get really super excited about doing something, and then I won't do it um, for a while, for whatever reason, just something does that. Um Probably in, in the 2000s is when I kind of struggled with New Japan, and I, I maybe wasn't as passionate about it. I would watch shows, but it certainly wasn't a priority in my life. Um, it, what would have to happen? Like something ridiculous. Like I don't know. Like like if if <laughs> Lanny Poffo were made IWGP Heavyweight Champion, that's that might be my my tapping. What about out point. Cody? If Cody um, won he... the IWGP Heavyweight Title. Would I be out? No, but I'd be a very loud voice disapproving of it. That's for sure. That's okay. Uh, Vase Collector, what was Honma's greatest match? Can be tagged. Uh, I've mentioned this several times. I think you should go back and watch the uh, 2016 World Tag League final. Uh, GBH against G.O.D. That was a cracking match and I think was one of GBH's best matches as a tag team. But uh, you got any good singles matches for Honma? Yeah, uh, absolutely. G1. Um, where he he was going over in the entire tournament, and he picked up that win over Ishii at Corkenhall. Uh, I've never been in a building that has been louder or popped bigger uh, than that night, where where Honma got that one win, that one elusive win, 
uh, in a great match against Ishii. Um, and then I remember leaving Korkin and going up to uh, Suidabashi Station, getting the train, and he was right there. He, I just took a little cheeky picture, boop, not with him, but just kind of snuck it, and I tweeted it out when I had my Twitter account, and I was like, uh, uh, so I said something like, uh, look at this guy after the biggest match of his life or something like that, and uh, he was just standing on the track talking to, to, a, to a young lady, as a matter of fact. I uh, did not bother him, but yep. Uh, that was that was uh, that that match sticks out in my mind hands down as as his as my favorite match and probably his best. Teak asks: Is there a more overused maneuver today than the inside out cell of a lariat? It's completely lost its effects to me. Um, we've seen quite a few of those in this World Tag League and people on mm-hmm. the the wrong end of uh, Shingo Takagi lariats. I think when it's a per- like if Stan Hansen hits you with that, it makes more sense than Will Osprey hitting you with it. You know what I mean? Uh, it depends on the situation, but yeah, I would say it's 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 a little bit played out. I, I could I can see where that person says that. Yeah, I would. Uh, I'm in the gray area with it being played out, but it it can it could go quickly to the wrong side. Sure. And Jared says, do you think NJPW World should try to buy the tape libraries of defunct promotions like uh, War and FMW, like WWE has done in the US? There's there's war stuff on the network. There is stuff on there. Um, I don't know how you would get it. I don't even know who would own the rights to wrestle and romance. Would it be Tenru? I don't know. Um, should they try? No, they should try to get their own fucking shit, really. Let's start there first, and then they can get other tape libraries. But, um, he, again, understand that it's like it's weird over there. In the, not weird. It's different. Um, DVDs still – I mean, you could still go into shops and buy VHS tapes of pro wrestling shows, old tapes. Um, it's weird. It's a weird thing that like people own DVD players and use DVD players and the streaming services really just aren't really a thing. I can't say it's not a thing, but it's not as mainstream as it is here in the States. So, uh, they, they should work on getting their own library first. Cause there's, I'm telling you right now, everyone, there is a, a shit ton of stuff that y- you haven't seen that. That was really great. You know, the, 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 the television, the, the weekly television shows, some of the best New Japan stuff that you will see is is was was on that, and you don't have access to that on the network. Work on getting that library first, and then get these other promotions. All right, let's dip into the Twitter questions. Uh, Jazz says, name a few non NJPW wrestlers, US based preferably, that you'll go out of your way to watch wrestle. US based, because well, I was going to say Walter, um, Zach, um, but he's a New Japan guy. Um, listen, I still I I'm not going to go out of my way just because I see them here every month but well, young bucks still put on a, a match that's that's totally worth a, a price of admission right no doubt about it um let's see here who else would i say would be on that list of a got to be american uh that's worth the price of admission that's not currently new japan going to be other promotions yeah i could name a few names i enjoying some of the other stuff ww are putting out there i think mustafa ali is great oh god i mean nxt i mean nxt i mean you can go down that whole fucking roster and um you're gonna find somebody who who i mean the, the one i i miss the most and i can turn them on every week but you know is uh you know red dragon yes i was gonna say them as well uh, bobby Fish. Uh, and even when they t- switched them out for roderick strong they had some cracking yeah. tag matches yeah, I mean Ricochet, tremendous. Uh, yeah, I mean I'm not I'm not hand waving NXT. 
That's for sure. Um, depending upon the show, like you know, there's a big difference between a, a, a house show and a, and a, and a uh, you know, those those uh, takeover shows. Those takeovers. Listen, that's Saturday night in New York City in April. That's going to be one fucking hell of a night. Because again, New Japan selling out Madison Square Garden with with the help of uh, Ring of Honor. And again, five miles away at the Barclays Center, you know that show is going to be fucking incredible. That that takeover show, um, it's going to be a fucking hell of a, a night. Um, and there's going to be people that are going to go to that New Japan show and then go wherever they can and stream that NXT show at a bar or what have you and watch that and vice versa, right? So, uh, no, I would not hand wave that that NXT roster for 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 anything. I, think, I mean, Adam Cole. Keith Lee, uh, Matt Riddle, I'm excited to see what they've got to offer. Keith Lee, Matt Riddle. Yeah, I mean, look, that's a fucking stacked that's a that is a stacked lineup. Uh that NXT roster. So, no, I mean, I would I would go out of my way to watch all that. Yep. Let's put it this way. If that New Japan show wasn't there, I would go to that NXT show. Absolutely. I would fucking be there. No doubt. Okay, William asked, "Do you think NJPW should do Naito versus Rush?" For who is the real leader of LIJ within the next year? I don't think so. They're buddies. They. I want to see them no. teaming up every yeah. year. Fantastic Mania. I hate to say it, but the Rush means nothing except for Mexico. I mean, you bring Rush in to a power struggle show and fight over like that. I don't know. I don't. I can't see that being a big deal to to, to a lot of people. Uh, Rob says, should NJPW do more to help out its partners such as RevPro and OTT, especially when it comes to camera quality? They have these great matches put up in Worlds, and I know NJPW put up solo cam stuff too, but isn't it best for everyone to have a clear footage to show off the best? I didn't really have a problem with the camera quality for the the RevPro stuff, the the Suzuki Ishii stuff. Did it bother you? No. No. No, New Japan's not paying for that, right? If you're looking for – here's – I mean, what would be nice is if, is if New Japan were in a position to kind of use RevPro as a as a feeder system like Progress is to WWE, right? That would be nice. I think that would be – you know, but I, don't, I can't imagine. Aside from maybe writing them a bigger check, I can't see New Japan like bringing over – like production people or or equipment or anything like that that's that's on rev pro that's not gonna happen okay a friend of the show floyd asked why is cody so amazing i'm gonna give you three reasons floyd hot wife great dog and well-maintained eyebrows yeah that's that's three i'll go with uh adorable dog um i'll go with a work ethic beyond most especially in the world of pro wrestling uh, and a very, very snappy dresser. He always looks at the part of a professional athlete. Did you see him on the cruise? And his little, you know, he's in a blazer and uh, he's got his ascot and everything. Uh, he looks sharp. Uh, so again, snappy dresser, a wonderful little pooch, and again, a, a hard worker, uh, business-wise, uh, hustle in the world of pro wrestling. Uh, Ryan says first trip to Japan in January for Wrestle Kingdom what are some of the must do's in Tokyo for a wrestling fan and for a lover of culture and food okay give them three Joel because we do this a lot yes. it seems like every month we talk about that. Uh, no give I'm going to give you one uh, that will be uh, meet me uh, I'm <laughs> trying to work out some go. stuff at the moment with uh, my new best friend WH Park and I don't want to give anything away so far but we're working on something oh. we're working on a little something wow oh look at you Fucking wheeling, dealing. Shit, I'll just stay home and jack it for crying out loud. Thanks. 
Christ. Um, now I wish I could go. Fuck. Um, do one thing. I would say meet Joel. <laughs> go to the go to the meetup. Buy, buy Tanahashi's so golf. Uh, being worked on. Uh, I would say go to Totacon. If you're a pro wrestling fan, that shop is tr- tremendous. Uh, but get there early because you know everybody's going to go there and buy all the good shit early. So get get there get there early. Um, I would say culture thing. You got to go temples. You got to see at least a couple temples. I would recommend uh, Shibuya Crossing once. You got to see the mass of humanity there uh, at the crossing and experience that. Um, I would say as a complete tourist thing, I would say um, either go you know nightlife. You got if you it depends on how old you are. Um, Rapongi at night. You know that's 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 you know if you like to drink and have a good time, that's a good spot. Um, and I'm, then as a complete touristy thing, I was blown away by it. Actually, I mean, it, it was just so weird. It was great. Uh, robot restaurant. It's a little pricey, uh, but it's just fucking. You feel like you're on acid. Um, and it's great and fun, and you just can't believe the shit that's going on in front of you. And and uh, you get a cheap ass meal that's not worth it, but and expensive drinks. But to say you did it, I think it's uh, I think it's worth a shot. Uh, Eric says, do you think the heavyweight title scene is a bit shallow when it comes to legit contenders? Okada, Tanahashi, Naito and Ibushi are fantastic. But aside from them, who can you actually buy winning the belt? Also, how many times do we have to see Cody in there? Uh, yeah, it's something we've discussed before about credible challenges to to that title. And I think he's got a point there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's one of our biggest complaints, right? Um, I mean, you, but... In that same breath, I like the fact that not everybody gets a, a shot and not everybody gets uh, the chance to hold it. So you got to take the good with the bad. Um, they can make anybody quickly. Let's put it that way. That, that's that's what's good about them is, is that when they do go in, they go in. Um, but here's the thing. You do have your annual Fale heat up, and you do have Ishii every once in a blue moon step up and Suzuki. and um, You do have other people that can step up in, in those um, down periods that you're you're, you're taking the heat off of a Tanahashi or Okada or Omega or something like that. Uh, Paul says, has there ever been a better mullet than Shingo's? The man is a legend. That is, it is quite an impressive mullet. I do find myself staring at it quite a lot. And I don't know how he still manages to look cool despite having a mullet, but it just works, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a quality mullet right there. I'm trying to think of anybody modern day that would have something along those lines. I mean, dialing back the years, I I was a big fan of Shawn Michaels when he was in the Rockers. He had a a spectacular mullet. Yeah. Yeah, a wavy one, too. He had a wavy one, too. I mean, I still think, like, 1985 Bono is is probably my favorite mullet of all time. You know, him at Live Aid. Um, That's a good mullet. That's a good fucking mullet right there. Um, Business on top, party at the back. So, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, uh... That's, that's a good pick right there. Uh, PK Shea says, NJPW World has been adding English commentary to older matches, which is great. Are there any older matches that you'd like to see get this treatment soon? Here's what I would like. I, li- I would like um, synopsis of major angles and major uh, storyline arches. So again, I, I do always go back to Ricky Choshu uh, and him feuding with Tatsumi Fujinami, right? Because again... Uh, Choshu being jealous that he was supposed to be the guy, and Choshu, or excuse me, Tatsumi Fujinami, always kind of being the second fiddle to Anoki, and 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 that going on. I think the Maeda stuff, right, the 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 UWF and UWFI stuff, Takata, 
uh, Muda and Hashimoto kind of defending the honor. Um, Ogawa and uh, uh, Hashimoto, that feud is always interesting and how that fell apart and how you know that shoot style really evolved there. Um, so again, like having those stories and kind of explaining those big history uh, moments of New Japan. Um, you know, maybe, and again, getting the footage might be hard, but, uh, you know, well, I don't know. I don't know if that tournament is up there, but um, Hogan uh, knocking out Anoki, you know, legit knocking him out, right? And, the, and, and how Anoki was supposed to win that title, but they had to, like, on the spot give it to Hogan because he, he knocked out Anoki. He fucking knocked him out cold. He couldn't finish the match. Uh, again, explaining stuff like that. Um, you know, bringing in Vader and having that riot in Sumo Hall um, where everybody was expecting Anoki and Choshu and that match got fucked over um, and Vader debuting with uh, Saito. And, and again, there's so many interesting, you know, CTU in, in the 2000s and how that group formed. So getting that kind of those kind of deeper dives would be great not necessarily saying the formation of bullet club okay everybody fucking knows the formation of bullet club oh and what who doesn't know that um you know getting getting deeper would be really interesting for i think new fans as well so that that's where i give would me be. behind the scenes footage of hiro matsuda breaking holt hogan's leg in that training session there you go nice yeah um yeah, I think that's the word. <laughs> yeah, I just I I yeah. really like the Laps Fan podcast, and um, every time they they've got this sort of character of Hulk Hogan who's paranoid that people are constantly trying to shoot on him. Like I don't was it Halloween Havoc some match where he fought Ultimate Warrior and Warrior started rolling towards him, and then Warrior <laughs> yeah. shoot on me, dude. He's gonna break my legs, brother. <laughs> that's a pretty good Hogan you got there. That's pretty good. You got you got a future in uh, wrestling impersonation. You get to hear my Kevin Nash impression uh, when I'm on eggshells in a couple of weeks. Uh, yes, I can't wait for that. It's gonna be great. All right, one other question. I got one more question. I, I hear the bells ringing. That means it's midnight there. It's noon here. Um, one more question. Frankie says, "Would love to see Ring Camp best friends and team Splooks, Cobb and Angelico, especially Angelico. Mad, he's never wrestled for NJPW, considering the Torimon connection." In Tag League, any other guest teams you'd like to see this year? Especially with a view to coming in. Killer Bees. Killer Bees. <laughs> <laughs> uh, give me yep, Aussie I Open. I'll tell you Aussie Open. I think yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. That's fine. I, I, I could do that. that. I would take that. Uh, what is it? CCK, is it? Um, oh, oh I like South Pacific Power Trip. Um, Travis Banks and TK Cooper. Yeah, like They're great. And um, what's her name? Yeah, Dahlia yeah, yeah. Black. Yeah, I could do that. Um, but I, I'm still hanging my hat. Listen, if we're bringing back Poffo, jumping Jim Brunzel, be Brian Blair, the killer bees. I'm on that petition. Can we get that trending? It's, ever, 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 let's tweet uh, New Japan. Let's, we, want some, we want the killer bees next, please. Thank you. Okay, so before I do all the usual plugs, Damon, any final thoughts, final words before we get on out of here? Uh, buy a t-shirt, please. We buy, buy four t-shirts. Love you if you do. Buy as many as you can. They're great. They're lovely and wonderful, and uh, new designs are up. And uh, I haven't checked recently. Is anybody buying new design t-shirt yet, uh, Joel? We getting people buying this a while. Don't think so, actually. Yeah. Really? What the fuck? Come on, people, let's go. Uh, we need your help. So uh, make that happen again. 
Pro Wrestling T slash Super JK. It seems like everybody's got a Super J or a uh, Pro Wrestling T store now, right? Right, Joel? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, so, again, support the show that you know and love, and that would be ours. Um, keep an uh, ear and eye open for our appearance on Eggshells. That should be coming shortly. Chris Charlton's podcast. What wonderful job that he does. Um, and then, uh, again, our year-end awards right around the corner. Uh, keep it, your eyes peeled for that as well. All right, I'm done. I'm tired. Uh, I still have to work, for crying out loud. I have people trying to contact me, and I've been ignoring them. So I have to uh, pay attention to them now. All right, wrap it up, Joel. Okay, get on the Discord. Some great chat going on there and all good stuff run by Nicole doing a fantastic job there. Uh, yeah, uh, thanks, Editor Dan. Visit his YouTube channel, 219 Films, and check out his new vodcast. Uh, subscribe to Voices Wrestling Podcast Network. Give us a five-snake review on iTunes and some kind words there. We'll read them out. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the Thank you, everyone, for listening, and goodbye.